Okay, we're back for another one. Did you even think that was possible? I didn't. I did. I really did. I'm just uh, sitting down right now. What I'm doing is uh, recording uh, a podcast. No, I'm not. I'm just doing a little intro. This episode was uh, really fun, and I realized kind of long, so it's pretty great. We talk about a lot of shit. I sit down with a very, very cool person who you'll meet shortly, uh, virtually. Um, We recorded this a while back before she went on her honeymoon, and so I didn't have the uh, the timing right in order to um, post the episode sooner because of the scheduling of posting other episodes prior to that. So, you know, because I don't want to post like three at once, you know. Um, yes, maybe I will eventually do that. But um, I wanted to be, you know, appropriately spaced out. And by that time, she had left on her honeymoon. Uh, so I waited until she got back, which was recently, like a few days ago. So I um, initially planned this to be episode five, but it is now episode nine. Holy shit. Um, you know, that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, anyway, I sit down with Dale Riggins, uh, Ott, no, I'm sorry, let's fucking back that up, Dale Ott Riggins, um, she got married to Stephen Ott, who is amazing, both of them are fucking amazing, I met them a very short time ago, and we connected, uh, instantly, humor was there, the vibes were there, very, very cool, supportive people, and, and incredibly knowledgeable, like, super, no- Stephen's like, a wealth of knowledge, I wanted him on this as well, but he was sleepy, and I had a, you know, we'll, we'll wait for the next one. The revamp of this one will be uh, with him for sure. I'll make it happen. Um, I just want to go over a few things really quick. Uh, you should go drink Page Spring Cellars wine, and uh, you should drink Arizona Wilderness beer. They're both my uh, uh, formal slash informal sponsors of the podcast, guys. You understand that? You know? You fucking get that? So uh, I want to just shout out to them because I think they're amazing and what they do is amazing. And if you are from Arizona or not even not from Arizona and care to like to hear a little bit and taste a little bit about Arizona, uh, there are definitely both places you want to check out. Page Spring Cellars grows their own grapes, and if they do buy outside of uh, what they grow, I would say I'm going to get a formal answer eventually. They're majority uh, Arizona grapes, and that's their their main statement is to showcase Arizona. You know, the high desert character of the Arizona landscape, um, and uh, they do they drink they drink phenomenal wines. <laughs> they make phenomenal wines, and they're drinkable. Um, I have uh, I have yeah I just have. I don't know. I don't know what I have, but I have a lot of stuff. I have all sorts of things. Actually, I, I'm about to move. I have a lot of stuff, and it's actually <laughs> it pain in the ass to move. My phone's ringing. Shut up. Point is, uh, we are brought to you by Page Spring Cellars Wineries, fine Arizona wines. They make up to 70 fucking wines at a time. Crazy, crazy. And then uh, we're brought to you by Arizona Wilderness Beer, Arizona Wilderness Brewing Company, to be exact. Um, John and Patrick came on the episode a little while back, so if you want to reverse to that one please listen to it. it's great um they're just uh they also do amazing things and they showcase az and actually they both collab together sometimes uh page spring sellers that is in arizona wilderness so pretty awesome i hope everybody enjoys this episode with dale ott riggins riggins ott whatever she has two last names i think dale ott that's her that's her name now it's awesome she, you you oughta check her out <laughs> I bet, oh my God, that's the first time. Wow, I can't believe I made such an impeccable joke. It's amazing. So, seriously, you ought to check them out. 
She works for uh, Whiskey Del Bac down in Tucson. They are about as Arizona as it gets as well. Uh, sourcing grain from the Four Corners in our part of our beautiful state. Uh, where barley grows a little bit better up there than in other places, uh, so that's why. And uh, they malt and mash everything there. And they use mesquite to smoke the grain, which is pretty dope. Um, that's pretty fucking Arizona, too, if you, if you uh, don't mind me. So please enjoy this episode and uh, have fun. Have a good day or whatever you do. Uh, anyway, cool. There we are. Bye. All right. We are live. I'm sitting here with Deo Ott. Right? Is that, is that the right saying? That's the one. Okay. Dale Ott, awesome person. And uh, I'm going to give you a formal introduction. You are... Actually, I would like you to introduce yourself so I don't get any facts wrong. We, uh, <clears throat> just as a... Uh, I don't know, forewarning or preface, we have been drinking just a touch. So it's going to be... A touch or two. It's been like two touches. It's been I've a couple of touches. Th- or three fingers. <laughs> I've had a little bit to drink, but it's fine. We professionally do this, so... It's a lifestyle um, and a living. Dale, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Dale. Um, hi, I Dale. am... Uh, hi. I am uh, the brand manager for Whiskey Del Bach, and... Uh, <laughs> I like all things Stewie, and we're drinking some of his Amaro right now, which is pretty lovely. I'm going to turn this back to you. Tell us about this Amaro. I will. So we're in episode five, by the way, everybody. Um, I'm down in Tucson. I brought my gear down. We got the good little setup. I think it sounds really good. How do you feel? Oh, it's rich. (laughs) It was rich, bro. Um, Do you like how my voice cracked when I said that? <laughs> <It's rich. laughs> it went up and down at the same time. <laughs> rich is a good word for you should people you should use rich more often. It's a good descriptor. I okay, tomorrow, yeah. So I make my own liqueurs as most people know and this one uh, I gifted them a bottle back in April, like late April when I came down and I told him not to open it till June, and it just so happens to be June now. We um, obliged. <clears throat> yeah, the few months of rest kind of made it really nice and delicate and settled everything. So It's lovely. It tastes like something that you want to drink when you're camping in Aravipa when the leaves are just starting to change, if I may be poetic, and Ooh, if you will. Sycamore leaves? Mm-hmm, those ones. I've not been to Aravipa, and I would love to. It's gorgeous. It's on my list for sure. Lovely. Um, you should drink this there. All the pictures I've seen, yeah. I'm... I'll have to make that a uh, <clears throat> an effort. I, all the pictures I've seen of that place looks phenomenal. It's what, like an hour away from here? Is it north? It's southwest. Uh, it's southwest? Southwest. Nope. Uh, east. <laughs> that was the second touch that just hit me there. It's southeast. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're it, upside down right now. It's, uh, we are. We're on the ceiling and it's going well. Um, Sticky ceilings in Tucson. It's a weird <laughs> all this wormhole. Yeah, strange. Um, no, Aravipa is. It's one of the most flora and fauna rich places in Arizona. It's so beautiful. It's and a big canyon, right? Huge canyon. Lots cool. of lots of water and lots of season change, which is you know it's a. There's definitely pieces of Arizona that have that, but it's. Oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. There's so much yeah. snow, and when it snows on, oh, really? it's combination <clears throat> oak trees and agave. Oh fuck, I love that. It's dynamic. so beautiful. So it's the. You it's have to a, get a pass to get in, right? You do, but there's a lot of areas that are outside of that region. So the Galliero Mountain Range, 
um, is is nearby, and we usually go and camp in Turkey Creek, which is sort of the head of Aravipa. Okay. And it has the same landscape. So it's southeast of Tucson? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Don't trust me. (laughs) You should never trust me. Is it in between here and the Chiricahuas? Like that kind of... Past. Oh, it's even more south? So it's... you, You have to go through... So, uh, kind of. You go through Wilcox and you curve back around a little bit to the north, okay. and you head towards. It's past Fort Grant. I've I've seen those words. Before. <laughs> <laughs> Again, don't trust me. I'm giving you specific directions and that for, aren't real. <laughs> for, any, for anyone who's listening, get your map out and fact check us, because you know, like we said, if you jump in the back of a pickup, I can absolutely get you there. <laughs> I know where all the tree stumps are, where I'm supposed to turn right. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to turn right. So this is the fork. <laughs> um, Southern Arizona just kind of is mind blowing. It's gorgeous, and I know people can't see anything, but I am gonna pull up this picture. So this year, with this incredibly wet spring, we had this snow. It's, it was a couple of snow days in Tucson. Yeah, was that was that January or? Let's see. It was January because I was coming back from New Year's in Palm Springs, and I drove through the most incredible thing all of this because you've been through saguaro national monument west right minimally yes minimally mm-hmm. it's even regrettably being... i wish i would have done more i just god well on my way to doing something i was late for we have more uh amari to drink so you'll be back but it was always more amari. oh my gosh it's one of the most special places and even being fifth generation from here every mm-hmm. time i drive through there it is, it's like, it's like a Star Trek Generation 1 1960s set, you know? It just looks like they're all fake, and it's a yeah. Saguaro forest. It's literally a forest of cacti, and nobody knows about it. It's the strangest thing, like worldwide, even statewide Phoenix, nobody knows that that exists in our state. How yeah. insane is that? I and know. there's two. People say, Arizona's so boring. I'm like, you have no you idea. You have no idea, I have, I have no idea. I have a little bit of an idea. The east side, <clears throat> the east side one is um, so. There's Saguaro National Monument east and west. Yes. And west. I mm-hmm. pointed it in the wrong direction. West is west of the ten as you're getting into Tucson. Yes. Yes. So those okay. of you that can't see the, where my and east is, is going. a little further away, right? East is a little further is away. It on the side of Mount Lemmon. And it's it's. Or no. Uh, yeah, it's past where you would turn off for Mount Lemmon, but it's it's really lovely, and they're just they're very different landscapes. This okay. one is a lot more deserty i guess um there's not as much underbrush there's not as much greenery and lushness as there is on this side but it's still it's so you're referring east is not as lush no east is east is lush. more lush okay lush she's pointing i think south i don't know nobody knows <laughs> and i'm upside down i'm still on the ceiling it's a whole bunch stay with us everyone <laughs> it's all good but the the two monuments are very different and um the east side is is just it's at the base of Micah Mountain and at the base of Remington Pass, and it's absolutely stunning. I'm still looking for these pictures. At this it's her first time on a phone, so. I've never, is this how a phone works? Face ID, she just has no idea. Where do we, my <clears throat> cheek is on the microphone. Is this where I'm supposed to talk? <laughs> it's not in the mouth. This is where we'll it goes. It. <laughs> it's, it is fuzzy, but it doesn't taste good. It's, it's nice. Plastic. It's nice. I just hit my microphone. Oh, found. Apologies. So for all of you Holy that shit. can't see the thing. Yeah, nobody is going to be able to see this. No one can see that That is for you. tasty. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying about that like 60s kind of like 
Holy fuck. Gorgeous. So what he's looking at is snowfall this January that was in Saguaro National Monument East um, from my sister's backyard, actually. And it snowed six inches in Tucson. And it, I mean, it stayed for, you know, like a breath. It was here for like seven hours, but. But enough to like fuck with you. I mean, that's kind of how I feel when I see Sedona and snow or even like towards the superstitions in Phoenix area. But that amount of cacti having that snow, it's, it's like the Swiss Alps. Do you have this as a print? This is amazing. We can make that happen. Tell you what, how about. Would you be able to send me this picture so when I post your episode, I'll be able to post this as your yes episode picture? I on love the, it. Uh, Instagram. I love it so much. That would be great. No, it's it was a really special time. I've only seen Dude, snow crazy. I've <clears throat> only seen snow in Tucson twice in the past fifteen years. Yeah. And it wow. literally it was snowing here. I we're in Dunbar Spring right now, so it's on Speedway in the I ten for those of you that may or may not be used to Tucson. Um, but it's sort of where you turn off for the University of Arizona. Tucson, you see Speedway. It's yeah. the whole thing. But it was uh, before it was, you forget, send me that picture. I really yes, need. I'm gonna snow, I'm gonna send that right now. Okay. But it was a uh, it was a pretty special day. Tucson had a weird little snow day, and yeah. it snowed two <clears> inches <throat> downtown, and people put chains on their tires as <laughs> as Tucsonans do and. That's yeah, awesome. It went really well. There were a lot of traffic accidents. But, oh my uh, God, I bet. I mean, <laughs> anytime there's not just like no one was seriously full sun, hurt. People don't know what the hell they're doing out here. It's lot, lots of puddles. Yeah. Everyone's um, terrified. Yeah, so I, my, my interest in Southern Arizona has been growing for the last few years. I spent uh, time with a good friend of mine camping in uh, Koki Stronghold. Mm, oh, uh, the best. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Like, we drove over the dragoons there oh, um, into like the towards tombstone the western mm-hmm. side of it um so dragoon mountains are like an hour and maybe an eight maybe hour and a half ish like east southeast ish mm-hmm. of uh tucson and i had done a camping trip there it was just one night little thing it was so fu- it was so awesome like we go from you know because it looks like a bleak nothingness desert until you get towards the mountains and you it just gets lush and there's trees it everywhere. opens it's yeah. the same like you just brought up sedona there, too, like a, yeah <clears throat> It's it's when you drive, you think that there's, you think it's flat. It almost doesn't even yeah. look like you're going into anything, and then you make a turn, and all of a sudden, it takes your breath away. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, well, it's like zooming in to mm-hmm. like, yeah, and there's so much that you just don't notice, and so I was just mind blown. Like, Holy shit, this is really cool because you're just in the middle of nowhere. How fun is that? I was yeah. literally gonna suggest Cochise Stronghold the next time you came down because yeah. it's such a special spot. We've thrown a lot of desert bonfire parties out there. Oh, really? Cool. A lot. There's like, a lot of history with that too. Ton of the them. natives and like yeah, super crazy. Um, and so that I think that kind of started my interest and in like cool. especially like being in like the bar restaurant industry and knowing about certain places down here and knowing that you guys had like had a thing going and. Um, and this is uh, this is before I met you. I I had heard your name, and I I, almost, I think I met you in was it January? I have no December, idea. It was very recently. Zero concept. Yeah, of time. fast friends. Her and especially her and her when it comes Steven. to you. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a lot of beverages been involved every time. <laughs> yes, for sure, hundred percent. Um, no, I could. We just instantly mm-hmm. got along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that whole this the humor was on point, and like I'm like cool. My person, my yeah. kind of people. Same, same. And we were like, come to our house. <laughs> I, and, yeah, literally within two hours, you, you can stay whenever. I'm like, Seriously. really? Okay. And he was like, okay. And we were like, cool. We'll I'll see you it. soon. Yeah. And then and I, I and now we can't get rid of them. <laughs> they made me promise to come back. Well, I leave stuff here every time that way I can like, oh, I'm sorry. I totally forgot 
I these left 15 that things. Sock. <laughs> I left your sock that I stole from you. <laughs> what? Why are you stealing my sock while you're asleep? Don't worry about it. It's fine. You didn't. You're fine. I was making sure you're safe. You know, it's all good. Um, it's so good. Yeah, so my interest in Southern Arizona has grown because another thing I had done was go, oh my God. We, a friend of mine who was, we had a growing interest in uh, like urban farming at the time and urban gardening, and I had a big garden in my backyard, and I was going apeshit with that whole thing, um, which I can't wait to do again because I'm in an apartment and I don't really have that option. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've gone ham on the indoor plants, so I have like 70 or 80 in the house. I can't wait for you to have property with all that stuff. And so Hopefully. you have such a passion for it. Yeah, especially yeah. if I can like plant fruit trees that'll last for a long time in that property, it'd be awesome. So, mm. um, yeah, so we, we're really into that. And uh, we found out about this uh, Earth Harmony Festival at Avalon. Have you heard of that place? Um, Come on, you have to have heard of it. No. It's a, f- oh my God, it is a, Okay, let me describe this. It's in like Tumacacori. Okay. So there's not really anything out there. It's just hilly and like it's really crazy. It's actually like really green. And I really do hilly. have a question about your pronunciation of Tumacacori. Am I fucking it up? Well, is it isn't it Tumacacori or is that just me being from Coolidge? I don't know. <laughs> I would like you to continue, please. Are I just you sure had to that's pause how it's you. Spelled and it can be pronounced maybe either way. I think that's just me being a white person saying Tumacacori, but I don't know. I could know. be being a white person saying Tumacacori. It could be, be Tumacacori. So this is like a Schrodinger's cat thing. You don't know the pronunciation until you open the box. Perfect. Okay. Good. All right. We've reached the bottom there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. I was in this tea place down south of Tucson. Um, I think we continued on the 19 to get there. I mm-hmm. can't remember. It was a while ago. point mm-hmm. is, it's like... It's fucking south. It's almost to the border. And it's this, we pull up to this place and they let us in and it's like hippie looking kids and like, it's this commune slash, it was really fucking culty. It got so Mm, culty. Weird. Like this Earth Harmony Fest, like all these, like a bunch of different. um, How many people and how long ago? Uh, There was 120 people that lived there. Okay. They all lived in Sedona. And they, they grow their, all their own food. They have all these greenhouses. It was That part was super interesting. I know what you're talking about. It's called Avalon. Okay. I know. And actually, I know exactly what you're talking about because of a certain substance that they send, they tend to uh, sell to people. Oh. They sell mushrooms. It's like a, a whole big thing. Religion thing? Ooh, interesting. That makes sense. I don't know if it's a religion thing. I just know that yes. I've heard... Yeah, not um, confirmed anyone. Anyone from Avalon, don't fucking come <laughs> after us. <laughs> and this is uh, not Dale Riggins or Odd either way. No, yeah, this is, she actually left earlier, so I have a this is decoy. This is actually a dog <laughs> named Guero. Guero, yeah, he's oh, Guero. Sorry, really. I pronounce. See, you pronounce shit properly. <laughs> um, we went down there, and people were really nice, and then they got like. This guy, this guy from Bisbee was selling coffee. Mm. Yeah, I can't. Seth. Maybe Seth Redhead. Seth Appel. Redhead. Redhead. He, the dude was, he gave us an espresso and I took a baby sip and it burnt the fuck out of my mouth. And this homeboy is, every, like he took two in front of us straight to straight down, just like hot, hot espresso. Like the dude's fine. 
He is the most lovely person. He was amazing. He's like, he has another one? I'm like, ah, this burns, man. And so I, he's super into permaculture. So his entire yeah. place in Bisbee okay. is is all self-sustaining. The way that, It's really This was basically cool. a permaculture fest. Yeah. Okay, Yeah, they had compost toilets for sale and like <laughs> all these like, it was like a little festival. It was like overall pretty nice, but then it got to the point where I was like, I feel like I'm going to get stuck here. I'm not going to be able to get out. We had to wait until like 4 p.m. for the. I think they just made a movie about that. What's the 24? The. uh, Oh my God, the moon. Yeah, the thing in in Sweden or whatever it is. I think it's that movie. That's. What is is that called? Uh, I know, I'm dying. I'm I'm so excited. Midsummer. Yes. Yes. You went to Midsummer. Oh my. In Avalon. (laughs) October, yeah. In October. Seriously. No, that's what it reminded me of because everyone wore white. Weird. And one guy was a leader who looked like Jerry Garcia and kind of like. I don't know, some like UFO fanatic. One of the guys from Ancient Aliens. Seriously. Is it yeah. the but he but big he, hair. Big guy. big hair, like kind of blown back, really straight gray, <laughs> and he had a band that sounded like Grateful like if Grateful Dead didn't have blues as the core of their music. It's just like Oh, that's really frilly like bummer. <laughs> if you took Grateful Dead and removed all the blues <laughs> from their just imagine that if anyone who oh. knows yeah so it's like the copy paper par- parliament light version of uh grateful dead yeah yeah just like you just rolled up a piece of copy paper and smoked it <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but you know when you like make a copy and there's like a few dots on it they yeah, make yeah, a copy yeah. from that company there's more dots yeah, yeah it's yeah. like five times later so many it's dots covered in dots so there's a little bit of ink's kind of getting you weirdly high your teacher's like what's going on and you're like what'd you get here technology <laughs> So you have to do weird drugs, obviously, to be in this place. They apparently sell mushrooms. Wow. So interesting. Permaculture. And they, they, they had their whole property set up on a a flat, like, it was in between two mountains where, like, water would flow downhill. Mm-hmm. And they had it perfectly set up for, like, a really interesting microclimate where it would get really cool at night. Like, oh, how Really cool. cool. And they had all, like, multiple greenhouses with all this, like, fit, I think they... They, they grew 90% or 80% of their own food. They had livestock and all this stuff. Really interesting. But the leader, the Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia dude, named everybody. Everybody got a new name. Oh. And their names were like Shumbam, Igbao. No, I've seen this documentary. Seriously. Right? And so we're just there. Oh, no. And I'm like, hanging with my friend who's like a big yogi, like tall. He look, he's like an ex-football player, looks like Thor. Uh, with dreads and like Hindu tattoos and geometry all over his arm. He sounds lovely. He's That's the arm geometry. Geometry. Like, <laughs> I really want him on the podcast. Awesome dude. Um, and I'm with him, and it's a great time. But he's very like willing at the time, at least, was willing to network with just about anybody. And I was just kind of like, mm, started getting like these people are fucking weird. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's weird. Yeah. so much. He eventually got weirded out. We we left, um, but we had we got there at like noon. And then stayed for a little bit because uh, we wanted to check out the tour of the whole place because they had a whole grain mill and they had all the whole thing set up and we just wanted to learn stuff. And um, <clears throat> did it actually work? Was it actually a thing or was it a front? Oh, the whole thing worked. Yeah, they had a whole because the way they build their homes that was another cool thing. They had the, they were like kind of dome shaped mm. and they'd build them six to eight feet into the ground so the ambient cool temperature of the earth about six to eight feet below was like 55 degrees so it cooled their homes and they had a few like four or five homes made out of recycled styrofoam cool. 
you can't really recycle styrofoam no. um, like with basic consumer stuff but like in other bigger industrial properties like they can rec- recycle it and they use that as their insulation I mean I'm imagining the Shire just so <laughs> seriously yeah Shire um, mixed with Bisbee with, mixed with Arcosanti okay yeah Arcosanti Shire the UFO grab the Shire yeah landed where everyone's new name is Shamalamananan <laughs> like not yeah with no twist at the end of the movie no but like there's <laughs> stupid you definitely don't have to wear a cloak I'm sorry <laughs> Adrian Brody has no part in this. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I wish I got your reference. I'm being honest. <laughs> He's seen four movies. As a, fo- a football player? I don't know. <laughs> I've seen six movies. Okay. 60 times each. <laughs> seriously. I, seriously. Top I, three. I hate that question too. Movies? Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Uh, Which one? Fellowship of the Ring. Lord okay, of the Rings. You. Two Towers. Lord of the Rings. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Can I lump them all into one? Yes. They're my second. Mr. Nobody's my first. And I would probably say, oh, fuck, I don't ever. You can, you can think on this. We can come back at the end. Prometheus is up You there. know, thank God for saying that. I almost brought that up. With, really? We were talking about. I love that movie. Oh, my God. We were talking about Giger's artwork earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's deeply dark and sadistic and lovely and wonderful. And he was such a brilliant genius that really did transcend worlds. Yeah, I realize how much I've been drinking and how ridiculous it sounds when I say he really did transcend worlds. No, he did. <laughs> no, he did, and he never sketched anything before he painted it. Oh shit! This anything. Yeah. He just felt it and he made it work, and his style was so prolific. What's his main book? Necronomicon. Is that what Necronomicon, yeah. and it's. I mean, there's a bunch of fucked up shit in there. Like it's all. There's a lot of very sexual, very, mm-hmm. very rapey, like very dark stuff. But his yeah. his design aesthetic that just kind of flowed through him was mm-hmm. unbelievable and i think prometheus more than alien even captures that yeah in a really delicate way i thought that movie was so beautiful the God. whole just the whole theory behind the whole thing was like that's so yeah i loved like, it these characters re they seed life on earth by decomposing their genes into like shattering it into mm-hmm. like a water source Dude, it's <clears throat> and it's so oh gosh and they, they come they're coming to destroy us at the end of it it's so gritty and honest and and i mean to be totally like maybe plausible who the hell knows right? you know like it's a fun is it says a fun idea to entertain it's crazy and blew it's my mind, yeah blew my mind and the the design aesthetic and just the the whole feel of the whole thing was so perfect and yeah. it's so kind of just beautifully gave a story to his artwork to be honest everything in that story was designed after things that he had done especially from the the beginning phases of Ooh. like the, I'm wiggling the, my shoulders at this. The <laughs> larva that gets into the poison and turns into the little like flower worm thing crawls into that dude's yes. mouth and wraps around his arm. It's all and the so urns, whole, the room with all the urns oh, where yeah. that happens, mm-hmm. like and just that entire <clears throat> space and all the of, whole big heads and all of it. Well, just the the architecture of their dome structures. Yeah, and, and the, all the what's the um, space jockeys helmets. Oh, because yeah. they realized there were helmets for like human looking dudes. Yeah. 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 Those, they weren't. Yeah. Not oh. the heads, but yeah, dude, it's some savage shit. It's so cool. It's just such good sci-fi. I mean, so, it's it is. so, um, I 
don't know what the word would be uh, influ- influential for the whole genre. It is a hundred percent, and I mean it's it's easy as and pop culture in general too. Yeah, and it's it's funny to look back on things like that. It's like looking back on the Beatles, and I've had I've had a lot of people say that they you know like if you wish that one band couldn't exist, just because in their genre, in their lifestyle, in their lifetime, it's been overplayed. And people will say Beatles, people say Zeppelin, people, and the same thing is for movies where people don't remember what the thing was that started all of it, what the thing was mm-hmm. that was the groundbreaking piece. Oh, Alien was groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Yeah. Well, then Aliens because James Cameron is that that whole thing was groundbreaking too. All of it. Yeah. It's wild, and I mean, obviously, Predator, and there were just the, the yeah. 80s, 80s oh, sci-fi. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I love Predator. Then the cr- yeah, then the crossover shit was like so tacky. But it was horrible, but it was good lovely. When I, was 10. I love Bill Paxton so much. Yeah. I'm very sad he's gone. <laughs> I know. I was reading about him, and I was watching Aliens a few weeks ago. It's very silly. Yeah. I think, I, I, think I, I own it on like Amazon or something now. I'm just thrilled great. that you own Aliens and you've yeah. seen six I movies. want the whole bod- podcast. Uh, the whole podcast. <laughs> I want I the whole microphone. Can. I'm just going to name things that exist. I want the whole corn on a cob. <laughs> Fuck. I was at Whole Foods on Sunday and I posted on Instagram a picture of corn on a cob. Like all these weird butt plugs at Total Foods. I call Whole Foods Total Foods. <laughs> That's very charming. <laughs> I like that a lot. These interesting butt plugs. <laughs> oh man! Total Foods is good. <laughs> will you um, will you please tell your uh, joke? That is my favorite. Oh my god! Yeah. Right. <laughs> what do you say when you see a, a dude on his back in Nepal? I don't know. Himalayan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's stupid. It's I, funny every time. <laughs> some, I was in undertow and I was working, and someone said Nepal, and I was like, "Oh, that, oh, oh Himalayan, oh, Himalayan. that's a f- Himalayan, him." <laughs> and so I like wrote that on like a piece of paper really quick and scrapped it up, and then I told the joke, and I was like, "That's silly," and so I added it to my list. It stuck. It was good. The first time he uh, he told me that was when he was he was staying with us in Tucson just to get a taste, and you know, it's a. Uh, Tucson's a, you have to know the places to go and the people to see and whatever. There's a lot of hidden little spots here. Yeah, because outwardly, if you're, if you're a layman, you're like, what the fuck? This place is a little hood. Yeah, it's a little hood. It looks kind of dirty. It looks like from 1992, you know, from the outside. There's a lot of like Santa Fuscan. Yeah. I think that's kind of the overall architecture is just kind of purple and Santa Fuscan. Yeah. It's from both. It's, you know, like fake uh italian trees and <laughs> a lot of real weird cocopelli shit but yeah, for uh sure. There's a little bit of that too. but it's super special and uh we had a we had a whole night and the the morning that we woke up the next day we weren't feeling great and i was mm-hmm. trying to desperately put on mascara well yeah, what did you do tell everyone <laughs> i did first time nothing <laughs> the first time in your life what did you do literally in my entire life that's crazy nobody tell anybody else that's listening to this i slept through work i didn't show up at work i woke up at 10 stewie damaged me well, <laughs> i didn't do you're the one she, okay she i blame out, this on you <laughs> we were like fuck she keeps handing me this joint um of CBD, it wasn't real weed. Excellent. I claim no responsibility for this. No, it came from Avalon. This, yeah, they just showed up. Avalon DMT laced Jerry Garcia's blood. They were all wearing white shit. We didn't oh know. God. They named me. My name is Star Star Onion. Star Onion Fish. It's fish Boy sixty nine. 
And yeah, well, she keeps handing me this joint. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, I'll hit it again. Cool, awesome. And then, like, you're like, oh, I saved an amazing song from that night, El Paso by... Oh, Marty Mar- Robbins. Yeah, so good. So we should good. finish this episode with a little bit of El Paso from Marty Robbins. That's a good idea. That sounds nice. I wonder if I could cue a f- legally cue a few seconds in and mix it in later. Um, that sounds nice. We'll figure that out. Um, <laughs> we can sing it otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're um, good. <laughs> phenomenal song. Check it out if you haven't. Um, yeah, and so at one point you're like, I'm going to bust out this Premier Crew champagne. I was like, uh, no, we don't have this. Like, no, 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 no. It's happening. If this happened, it may or may not have been at like three in the morning. It was three in the morning, and I had s- probably six glasses in front of me, each with like 20 to 60% liquid in them. Mostly Tall just tale teller. I'm just going to throw that out there. No, it was fu- It was. It was more than that I'm under exaggerating what's That's the opposite true. of exaggerating under exaggerating <laughs> no no just exaggerate what's the opposite word of that I don't want to go being it. demure demure oh, look at that that's a tasty word demure is nice I like it I used gumption the other day and someone was Ooh, really impressed that's nice gumption's good that's just satisfying it's to say a, it's a little bouncy it's bouncy but it's, it's also like it's good, but it's also not that good. I feel like there's a better word for gumption mm. beyond dry. Like, I use it in the way, like, like dry. Sure, sure, sure. Gumption, um, I mean, tenacity, but that's kind of okay, like, that encompasses more. It is aggressive. No, that's a little all-encompassing. I'm, I'm, I digress. I'm mediumly articulate. Articulate. <laughs> articulate. Articulate. Fuck me. Um, Says you. <laughs> <laughs> me words very many. All times, <laughs> yeah. So that tip. What was our main point? Because our t- that oh. I was talking about my growing uh, interest in Southern Arizona and like yes. You, so the, the you sell Tucson hard, by the way. Tucson, is, you're loud and proud about it. It's awesome. So loud and proud, no, and, and there's we so, so many cool things to be proud about, though. It's great, and I mean, I know you have your your tattoo guy down here, and that's that's really great. But Tucson is, yeah, um, awesome. I guess, kind of the, the whole <laughs> point of bringing up the your first journey down here and uh he's promised us two more to go after this just so y'all know um it takes some time here and it's it's one of those places that it's not necessarily comfortable or easy the first time you come in because the people that are here and that have been here for many years do keep their stuff kind of secret Mm -hmm. and i do kind of have a philosophy about it i don't know if you and i have talked about this before i have a ton of family history in phoenix and i love phoenix i've probably lived equal times between both cities um but i i think that the cultures of the places are sort of reflected in their architecture so phoenix was early on a pretty diplomatic center um, before they decided which city would have, you know, the prison, the capital, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, Tucson was always a border town. And with the border town came sort of Spanish mission architecture where there was a lot, the, the facades are very blank, but everything happens on the inside. You know, the, like the, the courtyards and the atriums are very, very, I guess, extra is the way that I would put it. Yeah, there is more of that kind of mission. Like, there's a lot on the inside, and yeah. I think the society reflects that. It's on on the mm. front. It looks kind of blank and it looks kind of plain, but on the inside, it's it's what I mean. You look everywhere, and it's it's so interesting. Um, there's there's Saguaro graffiti in London and in in New York and yeah. in all of these places, and I feel like so much of Phoenix doesn't realize where it is. 
and that it has this. And Tucson yeah. is so much, has so much more accessibility to how magical Arizona is. In 30 minutes, you can be at the top of Mount Lemon where mm-hmm. it's literally 45 degrees right now. It's insane. And then you're there, oh, wow, and then yeah. within two and a half hours, you can be at Rocky Point at the beach, and the mm-hmm. desert is so lush here. It's just it so... It is higher elevation. It's a little cooler. It's a little cooler. Seasonality is a little more... Um, blatant I it guess. is it, it more, doesn't more. have the asphalt that holds all the heat in you don't have the heat sink yeah yeah and i think something i said earlier which I'll, I'll, I'll say in just a second i think um phoenix has a lot more california influence 100 percent. and there's there's nothing i mean california's I, missions too which would use silly yeah which but. is you know it's it's just one of those things <clears> that people i think it's very easy with the convenience of online everything and amazon prime which i literally just bought like shampoo on this morning so I'm socks an, and underwear okay, great I'm an enormous hypocrite it was literally like dub shampoo that cost two dollars it's coming to my door in like five minutes but fuck it, <laughs> fuck it live it enjoy it you know here we are but um with with all that convenience I think people forget to remember where they're at because they can see it on a screen and yeah. it is it's unbelievable the amount of beauty I mean, that is actually close to Phoenix. If you go up Grand Avenue, what is that? What's Grand? That cuts through, like, diagonally from downtown. Oh, yeah. That goes past the fairgrounds. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a highway number, I forget. But that's you can take that to Vegas. It goes past Castle Hot Springs. Oh, 63. 60-something. Yeah. I, I forget. But going Toward, through. Towards, um, well, what's it called? No. Um, Kingsman. Towards Kingsman. Yeah, tor- yeah towards Kingman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Kingsman, Kingsman is the. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Is that when you're six? <laughs> the first one was good. Don't watch the second Towards one. Kingman's is <laughs> where Samuel Jackson They was. don't shoot their dogs there, we promise. But, uh, Doubtful. So <laughs> they do weird shit for sure. But that drive, when you go north of Phoenix on Grand and you, you go through that incredibly beautiful deserty part of Arizona went before you hit Nevada. <laughs> I put a bottle down. He poured himself some more Amaro just so, so I don't fuck around. We can illustrate the uh, the atmosphere of the evening here, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's so unbelievably stunning that drive up to Vegas, north of Phoenix, and then uh, we were talking earlier this evening about Pinal Pioneer Parkway, which I think is the seventy nine that goes from from Florence to Oracle. The desert scenery there is yeah, stupid. Yeah. It's old fifties Arizona postcards. You know, it's like it's the stuff Damn. that looks like Technicolor. I feel like I've taken that back road once, but I could. No, I took the 87. 87. Actually, my family's farm is right on the 87, That's which is wild. Yeah, so, oh my God, closed. you drove right by it. So you went probably, did you go down Hunt Highway? Probably at some point. I grew, I grew up going down Hunt Highway. I lived out. Okay. Like it's South Gilbert until it basically hit Sandhead Mountain. Okay. My no, junior you, high was on the base of Sunset Mountain. Gotcha. Basically, we you definitely drove by our farm. So my I'm yeah. I'm fifth generation Arizona barley farmer, and our farm has been mm-hmm. there since 1867, which is that's wild. A, I didn't know that part of it. Isn't that Holy crazy? Shit, that's crazy. Jasper Coffee Riggins came over from Missouri and started the family farm. How many? So how many acres of land? Oh goodness. Do you farm? Um, or does at, your family farm? At this point. Um, that's an interesting question. It's around twenty five hundred. Oh wow! Um, it's wow. it's grown and shrunk and grown and shrunk, and we have mm-hmm. partnerships. We have a multitude of businesses. So we do um, green chop, where we we harvest alfalfa early for cattle feed. We we okay. bale other farmers' hay, and then we also have our own our own production, um, mainly alfalfa, different 
types of wheat, barley, when it works, you know, yeah. and uh, and corn and, and a little bit of cotton and all that jazz. So Damn. it's pretty wild. And a lot of the irrigation ditches that we use are still in place from the Hohokam. Oh, wow. That's that really cool. literally have been there since 1400 BC, which is wild. Damn. Crazy. Is the Gila River near that area? Or is it Gila River, actually, our, our families where we live, you have to cross. When I when I worked on the farm when I was 12, mm-hmm. um, I would drive the truck. Don't tell anybody uh, that That's I did fine. that when I was 12. If you're 12 on a farm and you're driving a truck, <laughs> something's wrong. We weren't on, on main roads, and it was a 1972 Chevy with a, a Mexican blanket over the springs because the upholstery had worn away, but... Uh, we would drive it across the riverbed. So we lived on the hill above the riverbed, would drive immediately north, and that's where the farm is. Okay. Yeah, so I was the, um, I was on the hoe crew um, for many years, which was me and a bunch of ladies. Uh, the hoe uh, crew. The hoe crew. Wow. You're, you're very welcome. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> and every summer I would go with all of these ladies, and we would uh, hoe all of the weeds out of the cotton fields. Um, I was hoeing some weeds and uh, then I was the weed specialist, which I was, I was thrilled for that promotion when I was 13 and I got (laughs) to drive a gator, which topped out at 16 miles an hour, by the way. Um, and I got to spray all the ditch banks. (laughs) It was pretty good. With weed killer? With weed killer. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You think that's why then all you know, you know got all those head problems. Or? That's why I have a hand coming out of my forehead. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. She got this hand. It's like a baby. It it's retracts. holding. Most of the time, it's not there, but occasionally it peeps out. Like, uh, have you ever read that story about that dude who had a small head in the back of his head? Yeah. And he would whisper evil oh secrets to him. Is that was that from like Arl Stein something? I remember reading it was some no. dumb. It's probably one of those fake horror stories, but like that inspired Harry Potter or something. I think that's no, no, no. I think that's I think that's actually a short story that was decently prolific. But who the fuck knows what I'm talking about? I have a hand on my forehead. It's <laughs> <laughs> whispering evil secrets. No, it reminded me of some weird thing. Just boobs. Um, just <laughs> <laughs> pats your nose, and you like try to grab it, but it sneaks back in. What the fuck? God damn it. All that weed killer, <laughs> guys, don't ever, don't fuck with it. Don't drink Roundup. Kids. Seriously. <laughs> like, my dad's, so, like, it's funny. He uses Roundup. I'm like, come on, man. Whoops. And I'm like, I'm like the, on the permaculture side of things, I'm like, just let it grow. Mm-hmm. You know, let other things become dominant. But then, when I garden on mushrooms, and I mm-hmm. see weeds, I'm like, you little de- they're like little demons. I have to take them out. Mm-hmm. Like, little fucking little bitches. And oh, yeah. Gardening on mushrooms, like a small dose, is phenomenal. It's an incredible experience. I did it. I did it once, and it was I was alone at home, and everyone left. And um, actually, my other roommate and I both ate them at the same time. And he went to school to do like finals uh, at ASU. Whoops. No, it was great. It was like good. <laughs> it wasn't like it was a it was a good idea for him. Um, I think I don't know. Reined it in, quieted the voices. Bad idea. It was actually bad. Great. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it was. I think he took like a gram or something. Oh. Buddy, yeah, he was that's fine. so many of them. A gram? Yes. A little bit. It was a small dose. Okay. I took like two. I think it took two. It wasn't like super intense for me. No kidding. I actually wrote a, a, a very pivotal part of a of a song that I have. That checks out. But finals for trip. school is different than writing well, a song. <laughs> I could be wrong about that. I don't remember. I remember one of the roommates was going for finals, but. Uh, so I was at home gardening. I had bought a bunch of plants right before I took the said mushrooms. Yeah. And popped them in then. 
became really instantly connected with an album by an artist named Cass McCombs. C A S S M C C O M B S Cass McCombs. He's like He's like L, like kind of like Laurel Canyon like folk okay. like psych folk. Cool. He's really he's very wide-ranging and amazing songwriter. You gave me like, a couple of those albums. Not him, but of Laurel Canyon. Oh, probably like um Jonathan Wilson. Yeah. That guy's amazing. Oh, that guy's amazing. If you like Father John Misty, he did all the he produced all three of us. It's three albums, three albums. This is a very fuzzy memory, but I know four albums, four albums. Sorry, they're on my phone. <laughs> yeah, and I'm assuming they were you. <laughs> yeah, I think Jonathan Wilson did the first three, and then the last one he had some play with, but the guy from Foxygen did. Anyway, point is, uh, Cass McCombs' album. Um, I can't remember what it's called Not right now, off the top of my head. It's basically irrelevant. <laughs> great, great album that I just like got super into just on this little mushroom trip. I was like, whoa, these songs are so like perfect for this experience right now. Oh, and I love that. Was this one you were gardening and pulling out the evil mm-hmm. weeds? Yeah, and, nice. and well, I dug this hole and there's a worm in the ground. Um, I had a lot of worms in that garden, thankfully. And <laughs> there's a song on this album that's like really gritty, like just kind of like pulsing, you know, saying on the one, you know, um, just kind of like this gritty blues um it's kind of like psych too Ooh, and um it's called ransom girl you're a ransom girl um talks on the, like doesn't brush her teeth um but he likes her for some reason she's like gross and terrible but he's like but i like you oh and that's so cute yeah. oh my god i'm um, so excited to hear that <laughs> da, 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 da. i'll have to show it to you it's cool cute. but when that song came on, I'm looking at this worm, and that whole time that worm was that rancid. I was just laughing. I was like, this is fucking meta. Speaking of meta, we have an account that all of you need to follow. It's called Meta Visions on Instagram. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm doing promotional things on your podcast. Shout out to Meta Visions. Shout out to Meta Visions so hard. You will get lost. It's the funniest account that's ever lived. I saw one post, but I'm going to dive in very soon. It's going to hurt. You're going to have to take days. You're going to get dark. Your family will find you. You'll be fine. Okay, cool. Um, Tonight you're going to wake you guys up. What the fuck is he laughing at? Um, And I, yeah, another account. This nature is metal. If you want to see really fucked up animals killing each other. Nature is fucking scary. It is. It is. It's honestly scary, but also kind of grounded me to be like, wow, like I'm, I got it good. Yeah. (laughs) Nature don't give a fuck. Nature don't give a fuck. Like hyenas eating, eating babies out of the gazelle's like mom, like ripping, like that really fucked up. Like, holy shit. Like, and it, it's loud on Instagram, which I, I, mean, I think that should be. That's yeah. That's realistic stuff. Well, like, it gives not everyone needs to see it, but if you want to no. see it, see it. And I, the thing is that I think is is important not to get, you know, fucking preachy or anything. But if you eat meat, I think that we have such a limited attachment to where our food comes from as a society. Disconnect for sure. Completely disconnect. Yeah. And you, I think it's so important that you realize you know that when you're eating a hamburger you literally took a life to eat that hamburger and i feel yeah. very very fortunate i grew up hunting and we we hunted for most of our meat 
Awesome. Um, and it, when I was like a six-year-old girl playing with Barbies, this was the first, I will never, ever forget this memory. It was the first time I'd, I'd always gone with my dad, like, and my mom, because my mom hunted actually more than my dad, but, um, and literally that's where we got our meat. We didn't ever grocery shop for it, but we, I would go with them and, you know, whatever. Um, but the first time I was allowed to hunt was a dove hunt, um, when I was, I was six and I clipped one and my dad was always just so in, intensely insane on on gun safety, which is obviously the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second Especially thing, for a yeah, gee, for a six year old girl playing with Weird. Barbies, yeah, yeah. Oh, strange. Um, but then the the second most important thing to him was making sure that the animal had we respected the animal the most, and it died as quickly as possible. So we weren't to hunt if we were not practiced. Um, okay. So. This memory, oh my God, I feel like Ozzy Osbourne with this shit. I was six years old and I clipped a dove and it wasn't dead. It was on the ground and I had to pull its head off. Oh, my wow. dad was like, pull its head off. You have to pull its head off. You have to kill as it right now. And I did as a six-year-old girl. And I, I sat under a tree. I never cried, but I sat under a tree and I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> this little blonde, like, toehead, like, I just decapitated a bird. And later with her Barbies, she went to town. They all fucking got birds. shaved heads. Like, oh they God. all were on heroin. It was some weird shit, but... It, <laughs> it might have been a little young. He was doing the best he can. He probably should have had boys. He's a very sweet man. Hey, that's okay. I mean, but it was it's so important to me that I have that background and that I understand what it's like to kill. I know what it's like to kill a deer to have meat for a certain amount of months. I want I want to experience that. I don't it want hurt. to. It's no, it hurt. hurts. Yeah. It fucking sucks, dude. And people don't remember that it sucks. It's so mm-hmm. easy to not realize where that shit comes from. You can just... Close your eyes you close your eyes. Swipe your card. The yeah, exactly. The people that watch Planet Earth Bring don't like temp. watching the fucking baby flamingos die. Like you're eating baby flamingos. You need to know <laughs> that. Like there's there's a lot of cute animals that the you put in your mouth. Exactly. It's uh, uh, it's really important. I don't know. Yeah. You know why f- p- p- pingo? Oh my god. Flamingos are pink. Scrimps. What? Scrimps. Scrimps. Is that it? I don't know. I think it's. I think it, no. I think it has to do with like a mineral content in the water. So insert like I think they exist in in South America and Africa, and in, in one of the two areas, they're pink. The other ones they're not. They're pink because of some sort of like content in the food they eat. I think somebody told me when I was in kindergarten, flamingos were pink because they ate scrimps, which are only pink because you cook them. And I think I've literally <laughs> held on to that since I was five. Scrimps. I'm thirty, everyone. I'm 30 years old. She said it out loud. Here we are. (laughs) I also thought that uh, the Salem witch trials were in Salem, Oregon, um, until I was 13 years old. Hmm, That's okay. Thank you. That's your favorite reference. (laughs) Have some grace with yourself in that one. Thank you. That's awful nice. It's wrong, but it's nice. (laughs) (laughs) I I think of the same thing until two weeks ago. Here we Um, are until right now. Yeah, I think it's like some sort of mineral content in in, in the water that they like that salt, would make sense because there's pink flamingos in multiple places in the world and they can't all be eating the same scrimps. scrimps I'll stop yeah. saying scrimps. <laughs> this would require a fact check, which I, I I did bring my iPad, but Ooh. right now to interrupt it and put it's, it in the Wi Fi doesn't sound like an appetizing thing mm, to do. That's pretty far away. Yeah, it's like maybe six inches away from my hand right now. It's and we've far. already eaten most of the scrimps. Mm-hmm. I think there's one left. Uh, is that shrimp? I don't know. 
debatable. I've, I've had both. <laughs> we had these tacos. Those were awesome. That food was great. Tucson border food, dude. Yeah, the food Tucson down here is tits. It's crazy how many, think about how many re- Mexican restaurants are in Phoenix and Tucson combined. It's wild. The thing is, so South Tucson is its own municipality. When you so we're on oh, yeah. here's Speedway, and then there's Sixth, and then there's Broadway, and then there's well, Broadway Congress, and then there's Twenty Second past that, and past Twenty Second, that's the border of Tucson and South Tucson, okay. and that's where it moves into majority Spanish speaking. It's it's literally its own municipality, and it has been for a long time. Wow. Um. So the the food. I mean, the food in all of Tucson is unbelievable, but the the South Tucson food is ridiculous. Is this what we ate tonight? I actually have no idea where this is from. <laughs> Shit. Um, it but really it's good really good. Is this ba- uh, banging Mexican food? Stay tuned. Show, no, that that needs a more deserving moment. We'll come back to what I was about to do there. But yeah, um, no, one, no one can know yet. No one can know yet. But you know when you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but pico de gallo <laughs> is one of the best. Uh, I think that's what on the list you had given me oof, when I was out here last. It's so good, and also um, raspados. Everybody, it's so funny. There's so many people. That don't know what a raspado is and it's a it's a mexican it's a shaved ice it's basically a mexican snow cone that's layered with like oh. with fruit and stuff and usually there's like some weird chamoy and shit on it and it's delicious Fuck yeah it's so amazing so what time do you have to leave tomorrow i don't know i'll probably leave early like nine yeah nine. yeah it's gonna be too early for raspados yeah I'll have it. I'll have it another time okay yeah we'll have yeah well and we'll have more time next we'll, time yeah we'll do like a Sort of, I should try to get two, two of the other people, uh, Jacks, and then mm-hmm. I think Tika would love it. But like, I think Tika would love T- it too. Tika and Jacks down here because Tika loves doing food tours, and he's taking. Like, I'm gonna start to have, go on, every probably once a month with him. Go out to the lunch on a Sunday. We awesome. did it already once with the, uh, Choose Kitchen in, Chandler. It's this authentic. Uh, I've heard of it. Authentic, like uh, I think northeastern. Uh, Chinese food, mm-hmm. Sichuan cooking. Um, he taught me about the basics of that kind of style of food, and, he, and actually how how entwined um, Mexican food is with Asian food because of how uh, interesting. Yeah, because of cilantro doesn't come from Mexico; it comes from Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Same with citrus. Same with baking spices. You know, Sri Lanka is the source of cinnamon. Nutmeg is Indonesia. Like, so all these things are brought over from the Spanish conquistadors. Tomatoes originate in uh, South Mexico. Um, Fascinating. Potatoes in Peru. I did just learn that poinsettias originate in Sri Lanka. That's super oh, really? interesting. Yeah. Sri Lanka's crazy. Same with pothos. Yeah. Their plant. We have a very good friend of ours from Sri Lanka, and he's okay. uh, wow. He's he's educated me on a lot of so many things. Goodness. Yeah. It's a crazy place. I would love to go. I definitely would love to go one day. It'd be really interesting. I feel like that's an underrated place to go. Oh, is it violent there? Very. Apparently. (laughs) But that's okay. Everywhere is violent. I was about to say, well, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Tucson's violent. If it's your day to die, then it's your day to die. Cheers. Let's cheers to that. Cheers to that. (laughs) I stole that quote from my friend. That's a good quote. That's a nice one. Credit goes to Mitch. Mitch Lyons. Cheers to you, Mitch. Who doesn't have any sort of internet presence? (laughs) (laughs) 
and now you know. That's what it was. That's the thing we hinted at earlier. Um, something I wanted to uh, uh, to say. Maybe maybe we. Well, before I go on, next time I do like say we get Tika and mm-hmm. Jack's down, we'll do a whole a day tour of like four or five different essential Mexican restaurants. Definitely. Just pig out and record it. Love you know, it. Maybe you have someone film it. Um, that would be the best. Something I said earlier, which I noticed hardcore when I was down here for like about five, six days in uh, oh, like yeah. early to mid-May, was that Tucson doesn't pretend it's in a desert, where yeah. Phoenix does. Phoenix likes to put all this, like, the architecture is kind of like, like, just not, it just doesn't involve kind of desert kind of feel. Or totally. There's lawns everywhere or plants that don't necessarily belong there. That Diplomatic the center. Water. Yeah. You know, people coming in from the East Coast that were, were trying to make things kind of their own. Yeah. And I, I get that, but yeah. It's just interesting to see how the more I'm getting to know actual Phoenix proper, because I grew up in suburbs, which is all new, corporatized, like track homes. Cookie cutters, yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of nonsense shit in it, kind of devoid of culture. Mm-hmm. So going to a more cultured area, kind of seeing the different pockets and different architecture and different, like style of of things but there is a tremendous amount of culture in phoenix which is phenomenal like so much wonderful and, and Love so phoenix. much of like west like lived there for what did i say I seven, seven years, years yeah. something along those lines yeah Mar- have you been to heard of marigold mm-hmm. i've never been over there i've heard they probably have great mexican food over there they do <laughs> <sighs> so much to see but yeah tucson doesn't pretend it's in a desert it's it owns it like no hardly anyone has lawns there's rocks everywhere. There's desert plants. And I think it's awesome. There's it's a lot of beautiful. citrus down here too that I noticed. But ton of citrus. Um, there's, I mean, the, the thing that's really cool about Tucson is that we get so much colder. Yeah. And we have such a diurnal shift. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we because yeah. we don't have the asphalt. I mean, the, the two top uh, skydiving destinations in uh, the United States are New Jersey and Trenton. And literally in Arizona and over Phoenix specifically because of all the thermals that come off from all of the asphalt in both areas. Oh, yeah. Crazy. So oh, cool. we have, I mean, we have skydiving teams that come here from all over the world because of that. But Tucson oh, wow. doesn't have that amount of asphalt. Yeah. It's at a different elevation. We're in a valley. And we get so much cooler at night. I mean, sometimes in, in June, you'll need a sweatshirt to be outside. At night, you know, after sunset, which is... The diurnal shift's probably like, what, 40 degrees about, difference? It's it's wild. And in the yeah. wintertime, it's crazy, you know? And it's, you don't, with all of my years and living in both places, you don't ever really get that in Phoenix. It never really, like, in the monsoon season, it's beautiful, but it, it doesn't cool off at night. And in Tucson, yeah. the monsoons actually cool it off. Yeah. It used to, when in Phoenix, when I first moved there, at least when, well, but we lived in the outskirts, so we lived sure. basically in Queen Creek, and that's so far south, and I mean, my parents, it's about five degrees cooler there, yeah. generally, and they always get hit by some sort of monsoon storm, mm-hmm. um, and for everyone, just for reference, monsoon is a season, the storm itself isn't a monsoon, stop sounding like a dummy, <laughs> you didn't say that, I'm not saying that you didn't, I'm saying people, it's like, realize it's a, it's a, a reflection of uh, different dew points, um, as soon as the dew point rises over a certain level, there's more mm-hmm. humidity. Um, it typically uh, involves when those, that moisture shifts with heat, it, it pulls in, it creates like pressure and pulls in a, a bunch of that moisture, pulls into like a valley, bringing with it a lot of force, so air. And so in the front of it, you'll get dust, you'll get 
because uh, you have this huge gust of wind which picks up dust, therefore getting a dust storm, followed by this really compressed water which turns into, which, you know, as they, those molecules rub against each other, turns into electricity, creating lightning, therefore you have thunderstorms, and... It's intense. It's yeah. it's tempestual, and it's it's so beautiful to watch it. Um, it is. It's so beautiful to watch it over the the desert, and actually, probably one of the most beautiful things you can. It's just it's like so stark, uh, strikingly. Uh, it's opposite. ravaging. Also, it like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like it really is. It's like the sky raping the ground for like ten minutes. But it's Seriously. like, but it's so gorgeous. Actually, Smell. I'm doing. So many plugs. I'm sorry for it, but on the the most recent, is it Planet Earth two or three? Where are we at with that one? I don't fucking the know. The most recent one. They have a bit about the Sonoran Desert, and it's literally filming a monsoon going through Tucson. Really gorgeous. I didn't know that. Unbelievable, because it's one of the most incredible places on Earth. When we when we walked you through the distillery today, we were talking about we don't climate control anything, mm-hmm. um, which is very important for our single malt to be able to age um, and. The, the thing that's so cool about the Sonoran Desert is that it has two rainy seasons, um, which makes it the only desert on Earth that has two rainy seasons. So it's it's so full of that flora and fauna, and the monsoons bring in so much. I mean, it can rain three inches in 15 minutes. It's insane. Yeah. Insane. And so there's just there the amount of cacti and the amount of, of underbrush and growth, is it's gorgeous. It's way more it's super dynamic. Like... Um. There's definitely parts of Phoenix and surrounding Phoenix when as soon as you get kind of like north um, by like Red Mountain. Totally, 100%. It's very similar. Yeah. Almost the same. uh, Vastly more sueros. It's a little higher elevation. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot more, uh, uh, just a lot more density of foliage. Totally. Yeah. And like those, uh, what are they? are they called Choyas, the jumping cactus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Those are everywhere. Like, today I drove by like a little fucking squad of them yeah. on, on the 10. That's It's wild. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. I mean, I keep saying 50s postcard of the desert, but literally you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that must be idealized. And it's, did I just make up that word? What? Idealized. That's a real word. Great. World word. <laughs> um, We're but doing great for having. Liter- let's cheers to that cheers. again. Is that a martini or is that your Amaro? A, a martini. Amartini, thank you. That's a good idea. I set him up, he knocks him down. Can <laughs> I just get three ounces of Amaro just stirred, <laughs> make it cold? Well, a pinch of salt. In my hand, there we yeah. go. Uh, Spin on me and kill me. <laughs> Slap me in the face afterwards. Yeah. Um, it's uh, <laughs> File my taxes for me, too. <laughs> it's a new cock to me, file your taxes. <laughs> Did I tell you about the dictatorship menu that Stephen and I put together? Yes. I did good. Yeah. Um, we, it's exactly what it sounds like, and it's terribly easy, but it's very satisfying. He showed me a very, uh, very deep list of Oh, of he his did. Names. And his, it's good, right? Yeah. There's a, that's a fuck ton in there. Really that's good. That's awesome. Just so you're not all guessing about all the things, I think the top, uh, the headliners were the Mautini, um, Simon Bovadier, 
what else do we have? Oh, no, no, no. It's the Musatini and the Maotai. That's what it was. <laughs> 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 and then there were about eight others. I won't bore you. There was a weird Hitler one. I think I, think <laughs> I saw. There were, uh, he showed me like 200, so I can't bring any of them to memory. I'm also like... It's a whole bunch. Pretty sleep deprived today, so I'm a little foggy. You're doing I'm, a great job. <laughs> no, my words aren't coming as clearly as I'd like them. But I think it's the... No, no, no. You're good. It's the, the tacos and the I'm, Amaro. I'm a B student. Yeah. I'll, I'll accept it. B plus. Oh, wow. So that's awesome. <laughs> I'm um, rating. What was I going to say about the Coronado National Forest, right? Mm-hmm. There's two sections of it, right? Mm-hmm. One in the corner, one south. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was reading about it when I was down here last. Yeah. And like, it's dense. It's a it's forest. Dense. It's it, crazy. It it's really an, is. It's, it's another like mountainy forest that. It's wild. Next time you're down here, well, and it's going to be hotter the next time you're down here, I'm sure. So yeah. it'll probably be August at well, some point. But there'll be monsoon because you guys get a, it'll be monsoon season. And what? A fucking storm. Did you hear him, everyone? It'll, it'll, be, mon- <laughs> it'll be monsoon. <laughs> it'll be the monsoon season. So we'll probably see a storm. So. Yes. Yes. Oh, actually. So, yes, that that was um, where we were going before all of our multiple tangents. But the the Festival of San Juan is always on. uh, Let's see. It was just on June 24th, whatever today is. And that's been in Tucson for years and years and years. It has a lot of historical prevalence here. It's actually the Festival of San Juan. It's interesting. We were just Skyping a buddy of ours in Spain this morning and they had it over the weekend. So what um, is it? my limited knowledge of it i have i'm not catholic and i have no fucking idea what san juan did but i know that it harvins the the monsoons here and so it's supposed to celebrate the beginning of the monsoons that's cool um in tucson anyway however we've you know it's like dia de muertos where we've we have the whole the whole procession and festival and it's kind of an only tucson thing um so i think whatever san juan has become has become sort of the harbinger of the the monsoons here but Typically, mm. what it ends up being is we have a big party that was last night um, in town, and then we wait about a month and a half, and then the monsoons start. <laughs> oh. So it's a pre. It's fine. It's a pre-party. It's a pre-party. pre-party. It's a, it is totally fine. <laughs> this is a thing that's going to eventually happen. Let's get fucked up. Yeah. Um, so it's just hot enough, and it's not raining yet. So everybody need they need something to do. <laughs> <laughs> Like this part of the month sucks. Let's pretend it's nice. Exactly. Honestly, like the 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 summer storms really make summer bearable. Well, God, and they're just so gorgeous. It's Seriously. the same thing as looking at that picture of snow on mm-hmm. the Saguaros in the beginning of this thing. It's just that striking opposite thing. Exactly. Like Sedona in the snow. Exactly. You have this, this base like rich red and green kind of thing going on. The visuals. And out here too, it's definitely there's some red. Yeah. Um, that deep kind of like you know rust brown. The then juxtaposition ha- is wild. Yeah, then you have these dark, immense clouds coming over, mm-hmm. and the sunsets are pink and purple, and all that dust in the air kind of adds this like backdrop. It's like unlike any sunset I've ever seen. It's you know? crazy. It really does not like. I haven't seen anything that compares. I'm sure other places around the world might have something like this. Of course, I've but. seen one sunset that <clears throat> compares with a with an Arizona sunset, and it was in Bardstown, Kentucky. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Wild. I have no explanation for it. Bardstown's beautiful. Bardstown's cute. It's gorgeous. Well, just the surrounding areas, like the forest mm-hmm. in that part of Kentucky, like where, you know, where even Jim over, Beam is. Even over winter when everything's kind of stripped, it's still awesome. It's still gorgeous, yeah. you know? And that this sunset, I'll find it for you eventually. Kentucky, That's going to take me too long. Kentucky's a weird fucking place. 
the South is weird because the, the main cities in the South, like the cool, big like cities, are generally pretty like blue and like you mm-hmm. know cultured and there's stuff happening. But, but there's uh, like there's still you know it's very f- funny. It's it's definitely di- still a very different part of the country. It's it's another it's like it's like another country almost. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, Canada feels a little less foreign sometimes. I've never been. It's great. Canada's fantastic, and it's definitely a different country. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Everything is is metric the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it's more simple. It's in tens. That is a very logical measurement mm-hmm. in the way you should measure things. But the South is so deeply passionate and rich, and I just have such a deep love for it. And it's also so unbelievably fucked up and backwards in so yeah. many places. But... You know, to be honest, um, I think it's very honest about it's backwards and fucked up where a lot of places in the north, I'm using big quotation marks because <laughs> I guess we're talking in Civil War terms here, yeah. but a lot of the Yankee towns um, hide their shit. And it's the thing about yeah. the south is you know what you're getting yourself into, I guess. Yeah, they're not pretending they're owning it. I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's a horrible thing to say. I, I mean, like, so... So here's my where my reference comes from. Uh, there were some like, like Louisville felt like when I was there, it felt like the Midwest. Mm-hmm. It feels very much like the Midwest, not as much as the South. Because when I'm talking about South, I'm like I've been spent Cleveland, through, Mississippi. Oh well, that's shit, the South like, I haven't I haven't seen as much of. Mm. I've been more like the Arkansas and North Carolina. A lot, okay. lot of time in North Carolina, a little bit of time in Tennessee. And I thought Nashville was, um, but Nashville is like a, a big kind of kind of like forward thinking city there's totally. com- comparatively right no 100% um, it is a forward thinking city a town like Asheville North Carolina which is blue as blue gets mm-hmm. that is a blue dot but you go 10 minutes outside of Asheville and bam you're in it red the sea of red and like i'm not i'm not really i'm pretty pretty generally in the like left leaning in the middle if, mm-hmm. if anything and I hate the whole two team thing, of course, but same, like same. I'm but, right there with you. But I think most people understand what I what we mean when we talk about that. Um, as far as like just where people's preferences lie, but I mean most of those people are just so are very very genuinely nice. But I'm also white, and I'm a man, and I my experience might be way different than a black woman, you know. So I, or a black person in general. I like truly I, have to say that I'm. I mean, growing up in I just don't know. Yeah, in Arizona, um, we it's it's mainly there's a there's a huge Hispanic population, mm-hmm. and growing up in Coolidge, I was it was mostly that you know it was it was mostly a Hispanic population. That's what I was used to growing up, yeah. um, and my best friends, et cetera, et cetera, blah blah blah. I had never um, experienced. It's so funny when you don't live in a place where you experience racism. And when you, you grow up kind of, I guess, in a bubble, and thank God for my parents for not being horrible racist people, mm-hmm. I just didn't understand that concept. And then the first time that I I went to the South, it was unbelievably fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, the, the dichotomy and the separation is is what you think doesn't exist you're like that can't exist and then it does (laughs) yeah then when you like yeah when you see it um and that's that is me being a horribly ignorant white woman that Mm -hmm. grew up in a comfortable place where i never had to be pressured on that level i mean it's not necessarily horribly ignorant like you're just you're just you're You're where you're at i guess but it's like 
it's it's a it's perspective shifting for sure. It's fascinating, and that's yeah. I think it's really important for for. Um, there's also, I mean, again, on top of that, that's not to say that the South is just generally racist. There's just yeah, there's there's just pops, little little bubbles. There's more bubbles that are just way more comfortable with it than I've experienced, and I've I've been to the lower forty-eight, and that's mm-hmm. every single one of them, and that's just an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, and something that I was I was not accustomed to. Um, but I'm sure I hear Alabama and Mississippi are very much so. It's interesting. <laughs> it definitely is Arkansas yeah. as well. Um, yeah. And there's there's pockets everywhere. But yeah, my experience in Arkansas was in like a college, Fayetteville, Blue Town. Mm. You know, it's sure. like so I like, and you know, obviously uh, coming as a white male is different. Um, but uh, you know, I I don't feel I don't feel any guilt about that. It, it makes it gives me perspective, like knowing that some of my black friends have concerns about going out to visit you know mm. those areas because they're like I don't feel safe I'm like I understand that's fucked I never would have thought about that just because it's not part of my reality mm-hmm. uh, just f- fact of the matter you know but it's this interesting you know 10 minutes outside of this like one of the gayest cities in our nation like Asheville or yeah. just the hippiest cities like literally 10 minutes outside of it it's just like whoa I remember being in, um, just outside of Charleston, we were... Love Charleston, by the that's way. That's a sexy town. I it's would love to go back. It's a food town, too. Oh, God, the food and drink. Stop. Yeah. I just turned 21 when I went there, so I had minimal exposure, but it was so... It was amazing. <sighs> I had it. so many cool cool memories of that town. Um, would love to go back, but there's... We were on an estuary, like, kayaking trip. Estuaries is... Mm. You know what it is. For, for anyone who doesn't know what it is, it's a it's just salt water inland that's not in the ocean. That's so where Ersters live. Ersters? Ersters. What's that? Oysters. Oh, oh that's where the oysters live. <laughs> Ersters. Oh. I think that's a really? Maine accent. I don't know. Ersters? I don't know if that's any kind of an accent. I feel like that's somewhere. <laughs> I think it's Maine. Sounds like what, what Maine would probably sound like. I think Maine's cool, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that where Stephen King's from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that later. I have a lot of theories. <laughs> What's that movie? Banger. He's from Banger, Maine. Well, it's one of Stephen King's, um, she's the fan of the author and she kidnaps him. Misery. Misery, that's what With it is. With Kathy Bates. Yeah. This shit's fucked up. I know, I've, I've seen that movie. <laughs> that's number six. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome, folks. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so Charleston, I'm so we sorry. The, yeah, no, we were uh, on the estuary. Um, thanks for reminding me where I was. <laughs> we were on the on the kayaks, and like, I'm with my my cousin who was going to get married, and um, it was like a quote unquote bachelor thing. But we were it was just my sister was there, and my uncle, and um his like father soon to be father-in-law who was a DEA agent and I'm here in my very hippie phase I just started doing acid that year for the first time he was and, a DEA agent yeah this sounds like the worst bachelor party ever uh, oh oh yeah well yeah I'm so bad. My, my cousin refused to drink with me he would not let me buy him a beer no. at all oh yeah it was just I was like okay that's fine that's how fine. devastating yeah it's a little, little interesting he's like I'll drink soda I was like okay well I don't know um Cool, 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 cool. cool, cool. cool. Um, teach their own, teach their own. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Awesome. I 
hope he's doing well. I think I just had a kid. I don't really talk to him. Anyway, point is, I have other friends. <laughs> I feel kind of bad, but I still have a, like, I don't know if he'll ever listen to this, but like, I still have this like, one grudge against my cousin because well, he wouldn't drink a fucking beer with maybe me. Maybe it was another bachelor party with another DEA agent. Oh I don't know. God. With the cousin that wouldn't drink a beer so with we were, you. So we were on the estuary, and... I picked up the kayak super quick. I was just yeah. going. I mean, this is so fun. And they were really nice ones. Like, mm. they had, like, foot brakes. Or, I don't know what they were. They had, like, foot pedals for something. Maybe steering. I don't remember what it was. I remember it was cool. And Interesting. Way nicer than some other ones I've been on. Um, and then the agent, uh, his father-in-law, <clears throat> excuse me, Neymar's making my digestion work. What would you like? Um, Do you need anything? Oh, no, I'm, I'm saying I was burping. Oh, good. Okay. And I just wanted to burp off mic. Excellent. People are like, oh, that's fucking terrible. I did itch my beard a few times. It's, it's listen and <laughs> sniff. This is a listen and sniff podcast. Uh, it smells like the tacos we just ate, and they were good. Each download of this podcast comes with a sniff, a scratch and sniff sticker that's t- like 48-hour-old tacos and clove. <laughs> We licked the microphones at the beginning. And yeah, the you're sample of that. Very welcome. <laughs> a little bit of our microbiome for you, for free for every listener. <laughs> and he couldn't pick it up, though. He couldn't pick up the kayaking. He just was oh. sucking. And I was just oh, like, no. over here, my fucking real weird hippie like headband and just perma-stoned. <laughs> Forever. It, oh, I'm still there. I've just gotten used to it. I'm real quick. <laughs> And yeah, and so anyway, we were on this estuary thing, and the, the tour guides is like, like yeah, over there is uh actually you you might not want to go over there. It's a uh, it's they still fly the Confederate flag almost every house on there. They they still are part of the Confederacy. They will not ref- they refuse to like if you're African American would should never go over there. I'm like, what the fuck? That's some crazy. It's great. Yeah, it's just, it's just such a. Not relatively non-existent thing in the West, you know. It's, I mean, it's definitely not non-existent, but I, th- I think it's just we don't have it to that and not as open. Antiquitous. Uh, it doesn't have as. Oh, that's not even fair. As large of a foundation, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's so much more profound in the South. That's the only thing that that's I can a, yeah. that I've experienced. I put it bad, my bad. No, 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 not at all. Um, the one of the things that really struck me is bringing back Cleveland, Mississippi. Um, I wanted to go stand on the crossroads. Um, that was like that's one of my big bucket list things. I have a bucket list where it's 137 things, and I have done 72 of them, oh, which shit. I'm pretty excited about. That's awesome. Um, thank you. And I I wrote it when I was 16, and I'm pretty fucking proud. But Robert Johnson, the very famous musician, very he's kind of the the not kind of he's the godfather of most blues. He died when he was super young. He sold his soul to the devil. Oh brother, where art thou? Has a little homage to him with. Um, What's his name? It's it's uh, something Thomas King, the the fellow that they pick up with the guitar and he plays background for them. Have you ever seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou? That's not one of your six movies, is it? No. God damn it. Uh, but Robert Johnson was was very very famous, and so there's this whole legend of him selling his soul to the devil on the crossroads that's right outside of Cleveland, Mississippi, okay. and that's how he became such a, a guitar genius in the twenties. And oh, so I went and played guitar on the crossroads and it was, it was really that's, fun. That's cool. Ever long story short, I, um, it was, it was, uh, driving through some of those small towns in Mississippi and in deeper parts of the South, 
you could have told me that I was in 1922 and I would have believed you. There's nothing around to suggest otherwise. There were no modern vehicles. There were no no modern anything. Everything was just, it was just tiny towns tucked away. Um, and I mean, I guess that could be the same thing in, in different parts of every state. You know, there's there's tiny little places everywhere. Globe. But Globe, Miami. exactly. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, even fucking parts of Coolidge where I'm from, you know, there's it's tiny town everywhere. But yeah, it was, sure. it was, it's just... It's a different place. It's an old. It's older. It's, it's older. It's. I mean, that's. It's got more there. It's been around since 1700s. It's really. It was an interesting. More it was established. An, yeah, it was an interesting place to be for sure, and I love it. I love the South. I love how passionate people are in the South. I just mm-hmm. love. There's a bunch of bossy fucks of people that are down there. Yeah. And for better or for worse, whether I agree with them or not, I just enjoy that they are that way. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. They're full of shit most of the time. They're thrilled to meet me. Most of them aren't, but they say so, and I'm like, "Yeah, prove it." Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they want to give me sweet tea. I'm like, "This isn't sweet enough." You know, I'm criticizing the hospitality. I'm not really, but there, it's it's just it's different. Yeah, there's it's it, it's almost like another country for sure. It um, is. You know, another thing that's different. I have a ton of family in the Midwest, and I've I've noticed this coming from the West Coast ish if we call rocky pointer bottle down again that's what that sounds like. <laughs> we're not drinking at all cheers no um so why did i give myself such a small pour what the fuck i did that to you in the beginning too i don't know why um, i gave myself more <laughs> sorry oh i should sip hang on mm-hmm. it's rude not to sip after you toast um, yeah, I'm cheers that is actually an Emily post. I'm just throwing that out there. It's it's quite rude not to to actually take a sip or at least make lip contact with your liquid after you toast somebody. Yeah, I don't think I've ever done that. Yeah, what a rude thing. Unless I've been f- obliterated. <laughs> well, that's happened once or twice. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I'm I'm I speculating. Get, I get blacked out once a year, and then one brown out. So one nine out of ten that's once so a year. That's so controlled. I feel like you can make a spreadsheet out of that and measure the. Uh, <laughs> the time frames. My projections know. for this yeah. year are 1.5 percent increase How's in blackouts. How's your PNL? How's that going? How's the profit and loss? Are you gaining or are you losing? Um, I'm definitely losing. <laughs> I've seeded myself deeper into this way of life. No, I take a month off every year to allow myself some. It teaches profit. you such tremendous. Like I know you said you like to balance your vices, and I totally understand that. And to each their own. Like I, I'm the kind of person who needs. A de- definite break mm-hmm. for like a mental like a discipline thing and like sure. like obviously when I stopped like I said earlier we're talking uh, at Time Market um, about that place is cool I like the place a lot Time Market's great if you're ever in Tucson go to Time Market shout out to those people they have a uh, a phenomenal wine selection really beautiful really. market mm-hmm. stunning some of the best bread I've ever had in any country in my life and oh, that's really? that's their pinnacle is they have the Pond Levain every morning it's this beautiful sourdough loaf and they sell out within a few hours every single morning awesome and the, it I mean, is the bread that Cuban was on was awesome same with the, the that's pizza the Pond Levain oh yeah yeah okay and the pizza good. dough is made with the same starter as the Pond Levain awesome. and it is it's um stupid <laughs> like yeah. we get it every year for Thanksgiving and make stuffing anyway continue um yeah, I really like that store. Really like good little wine shop too. Um, the uh, we were talking about like replacing. So when I stopped drinking, I, I, I smoked more weed and ate more pastries. <laughs> <laughs> kind of basically all that happened. As one does. Mm-hmm, as one does, right? <laughs> um, 
which is every day in the morning, like I would have a little craving. I'd, I'd get my get my pastry before work or whatever, buy right. some for a few days, and like at one point, one of my coworkers brought us uh, our prep guy brought us like he's like I stopped by Bosa Donuts this round. And I bought you brought you guys a big a big box of donut holes, and I ate like f- probably forty donut holes. Why do you crave sweets when you stop drinking? What is that? Because well, that's a thing in life. Yeah, there's a tremendous amount of sugar and alcohol. I drink a lot of Amaro. I get, oh, that's fair. <clears throat> but I don't drink a lot of... I don't like sweet liquors. I, I never have. I never... I mean, I like liqueurs and I like Madeira, but I don't drink them prevalently. The things that I drink the most of are champagne and whiskey. Yeah. And I drink... Mm-hmm. And sherry. I drink too much champagne and whiskey and fino sherry. Um, What's your favorite sherry? Oh, tradiciones. Tradiciones a- fino. It's a bodega. Okay. So it's a it's it's one of the. Can you get it out here? You can. Um, ooh, actually, I think the distributor out here lost it, so I don't actually know if it's available. Another question: Have you ever been to Curate Tapas Bar in no. Asheville? No. In Asheville, it's 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 fucking phenomenal. My favorite restaurant that I've ever been to ever. Whoa! It's so good. It is. Um, no way. I don't know if they're like. What that noise was. I have no idea what that was. I feel like that was in your mic. Was that my neck popping? <laughs> it might have been. It uh, felt like it. All is well. Um, <laughs> they are. It's a tapas restaurant in downtown Asheville, and they have like a barrel of cedra and like barrels of sherry on their wall, like cuts of like hamon, um, garlic hanging. They're like. Like James Beard like level stuff. I don't exactly know. She does a lot of work for James Beard events, but I don't know if they have received an award. They've been there, like, I think, eight years or ten years. I'm eating the microphone in case you guys can't hear that. The, <laughs> the best cheese I've ever had in my entire life. Like, oh. last one was like was 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 one of the cheeses was it blew my grandma's mind. My grandma was like, oh. "What the hell?" She had I was such an amazing time with her. I like, oh how special. Oh gosh, she loved it. It was so fun because she doesn't eat a lot of like sweets or like cheeses like stuff that because she's like a food addict right okay and she's she's a little silly but <clears throat> yeah i guess that's where i get my she's been sober for like 27 years oh yeah dude mm-hmm. good for her yeah she's just like she ran like a sober living home for a long time awesome. anyway that's for another conversation i'll tell you more about my amazing grandma but we had this amazing meal of a few different cheeses their olives are the no one has top like Trotto is close. Trotto's olives are phenomenal. Trotto's olives are amazing. But they do not they're not the same as like <laughs> Oh, we forgot to get the anchovy stuffed olives at time today. Oh shit. We need to talk about they're that. in a can, you guys. Spain and Portugal know mostly Spain though. Canned fish and goods in general are fine dining items. They're the bet like the canned octopus, the canned squid, the canned I don't eat octopus. You will. When you have the stuff in a can. I used to. I, they're too smart. Oh, I know. It makes me sad, I know too. Yeah, they're too smart. Oh, but they're, they're delicious. They're so delicious. So are pigs, though. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm not there yet. That's <laughs> I mean, one at a time. This is 100% fine. Curate. Their wineless is exclusively Spain. Yes. It's just all Spain. Oh, they have yes. so many different cherries there. It's a dream. It's a fucking dream. I'm dreaming. Their vermouths are phenomenal. Cool. Um, they, they're just, it, it's such good food. They have like 
30 different things on their menu and it's all so amazing. We had this one dish, it was like just diced, like cubed potatoes cooked with like a, like a, like a light pepper aioli and like a garlic tomato sauce. I don't know exactly mm. what it was. It's like a traditional like Spanish oh, dish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're ever in Asheville, you need to go to that place. I've told oh, people yeah. about it and they've gone they're like, holy fuck, it's incredible. Okay. It's so good. It is, it, the, it's my favorite, it's my style of food. I love. It's called karate. Cu- cur- like it's supposed to curate. Okay. With an e- accent over the E. Oh, I Cur- see. Curate. It was like the proper pronunciation of karate. <laughs> cu- cu- curate. Curate. Means, yeah, curate in Spanish. Okay. Yeah, curate. So it's a husband and wife team. The chef, Katie Button. She's awesome. Adorable. They own like a, a bagel shop as well. They sound and, lovely. Yeah, and like they're brand ambassadors for this um, Iberico Ooh. brand. And they work with the highest quality like hell yeah pigs and it's like true eyes eyes on the whole process thing very cool and so their cuts are great special Ooh, gosh that sounds like the best yeah um why did i bring that up it's a great question no i i touched on it i I remembered where we were coming from um but i will I will say something okay. about um, fuck it. Um, One way street, Mr. Turn, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Mel Brooks' War of the Worlds? Excuse me, History of the World. That's Mm-mm. Orson Welles. <laughs> I was like, that's. I wah, feel like wah. that's wrong. That one was even better, wasn't it? <laughs> That was, that was way better. That was so quick. You just like looked down like, oh, I have this. <laughs> it's Andy. Yes. We're high-fiving. Um, <laughs> uh, so we were, before I was talking about History of the World, We you were just talking about, oh, Hamali Berico and, and pork in general and, and ethical practices. And we're planning on having a, a big event with E&R Pork here in Tucson. Do you mind yeah. if I plug them? Plug them. I'm just please. shamelessly plugging. Well, no, it, it, I, I want the idea with this is to be able to expose people to the things that cool. that exists in our state that they don't know. Awesome. Because I'm sick and tired of hearing people. So much. Seriously, I mean, well, there's four and a half million people. There's bound to be at least ten cool things. Yeah. So some people are like, "Oh, Arizona sucks." I'm like, you just don't. Maybe. You just don't know the cool parts of Arizona. Exactly. You hear the cool parts of other states, so that therefore you want to go to the other states. It's so special here. The only thing that sucks is it's hot and miserable for four months. We have nothing on the rest of the country, and I left. I was like, "Ew, it's so hot," and then I forgot about humidity. I love love humidity. I actually do too, but me and my sister both love it. I adore it. It's very sensuous in in humid environments, and I I just really it's kind of like the air is giving you a hug. I know my my skin and my hair love it. But the thing is, in Arizona, it's a lot easier to exist for more of the year than it is in any other state. We don't have severe winters. We don't have severe no. summer. Well, we, we have, have a, severe summers. <laughs> yeah, we have a severe severe summer, but we have it's a year-round growing climate. Exactly. So we always have food. The only thing that inhibits growing is the true inhibitors is frost. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, unless you have fucking cabbage and Swiss chard, yeah. you're fine. But like, which is so interesting because it does dip below freezing pretty often. We're talking about the diurnal shift earlier, which is with microclimates too. In yeah. Certain areas, but like little pockets and valleys. I mean, we're so here too. It's crazy because it, it is very hilly here. It's very mountainous. It and so there's, there's lots a of lot washes. of pockets, lots of washes, lots of lower and higher places. And 
diurnal shift is the amount of, of temperature shift that exists over the course of 24 hours, just in case that's a big mm-hmm. stupid word that I just pulled out, which there aren't many of those, but it's that's like word. one of five. <laughs> There's a place in the world that uh, Henry, Ra- Henry Rollins was talking about visiting that's like a 100 degree diurnal shift. Wild, I believe it. In so some I think something like that. Something crazy deep in desert Sahara. In, yeah. Yeah, in the Sahara. You really have to pack for like heat during the day and like freezing at night. Crazy. I mean, I, I mean, walking to, I went to the U of A how many years ago? 13 years ago. And I remember, I mean, walking to class in the morning in the wintertime, I would have literally, I mean, Arizona rat, fifth generation Arizona, and, you know, like, okay. Yeah, um, but I would have gen. like a parka, a sweatshirt, a sweater, a shirt, like all of the things on. Cause it would be like, it would be below freezing. It could be like 25 degrees walking to class for real. Cause we're literally in the desert. Yeah. Um, and then by midday it would be 65. Yeah. And so you just bring a bag to carry all of your clothes. <laughs> Sometimes being in Arizona feels like a different planet. It's a different even planet. When I'm in, even like when I'm in the top of like mountains in like Flagstaff or mm-hmm. in like Payson or like <clears throat> like up in that like Tonto Forest, being up at the top of like the rim or whatever, and mm-hmm. and and camping and like during the day where you don't hear any sound but like the wind blowing through the pines, it's kind mm-hmm. of a weird feeling. Another weird feeling for me is, so I, I want to talk about this like recurring dreamscape that I've had since I was a child. But um, one of the weirdest, this is slightly related, but it's not that dreamscape, but it's, um, I hate, it's one of my least favorite weather phenomenon is when it's completely cloudless and really windy at <gasps> night. Me too. It feels awful. Oh my God. We were literally just up on Mount Lemon two weeks ago mm-hmm. at, at our cabin and it was, I hated it. You have a cabin up there? Yeah. Oh really? Well, it's, it's my, my husband's family's cabin. Yeah. So we, yeah, yeah, yeah. A cabin yeah. that you have access to. Yeah. It's awesome. How far in is it? Do you have to go past um, the cookie shed? For, no, no, no. It's, it's before Summer Haven by like five miles. Okay, I did. I just went up there for the first time last time I was here. Shout out you should come up to the cabin. The view is spectacular, and it was the yeah, their original cool. cabin. Lemon's a crazy view in general. It's beautiful, and it was burnt. Their original cabin was burnt down okay. in the big fire in the early two thousands, and they they rebuilt. But anyway, you know Tonto Force is on fire right now. Like yeah, crazy, right? I when I flew, I flew in from. Uh, it's fucked. It's cr- still going. I I flew in for. I didn't know it was happening, and I flew in from New York, um, three nights ago. And we were starting, we were getting into Arizona and I was like, what the fuck is that? I kept, I saw these lines of, of orange and it was, it was midnight. Oh, it's because of the flames. That's gotta be crazy. It was the weird, cause I was looking at it and I was like, what? I don't. Was it obscured by smoke at any point? Which is kind of weird. No, it wasn't. You, it was just, I mean, it was literally midnight and it's in, you know, it's, it's not over the heavy lighted light pollution area of the Mm -hmm. city. Um, so it was, it was super visible and the, the pilot after we were already a a bit past it was like, Oh, and there's the, the forest fires and crazy. What a weird thing to see. I was just so delirious because I'd been traveling for like 16 hours already and I was just like, you know, I had driven. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> what the fuck is the superstitions are on fucking fire? What's yeah. that shit? Um, Wild. Two weeks ago, I was grabbing like podcast gear from the closest guitar center was like mine's like Scottsdale, and I didn't mm. want to wait for the online shit, so I was like, let's go. And I'm not too aware of too many pro audio stores retail in Phoenix, which it's really kind of minimal. You have to buy a lot of stuff online. I was like, I want it now. I want to get my stuff now because I want to get recording and. uh Drove up to the guitar center and I 
you know, was able to go back down to 101 and, and I saw this huge cloud. I was like, what the hell? So I looked up. It was like forest fire and it said Tonto. I was like, oh shit. And I found out that it was caused by, sorry about the difference between being slightly away from the mic and being right next to it. I should be more conscious of that. I but feel like I'm doing the same thing. People can hear it. It's still good sound quality. It's just like, you hear me now and then you hear me now, you hear me now, you hear me now and how different. I am trying to, when I have my very loud laugh, I'm trying to laugh outside of the mic every time so I don't make people just die because it's <laughs> loud in person too. I, so. I, I can just put a compressor on it it'll make no difference. And we just need a, a little, you know, anyway, burrito, um, burrito in the mouth. Oh my God, those burritos, were, that burrito was good. Delicious. Um, anyway. That was caused by... A uh, shooting range, per, uh, someone, or I don't even know if it's on a shooting range. I think someone was, was shooting out in the forest, and spark hit, and got it. No, yeah. how could that happen? That's so interesting. Yeah, Jonathan from Macy Woolers was telling me he didn't go too much into the story. We it was we were bouncing in conversations with multiple people, so it was hard to like a spark from yeah a, from the gunpowder. From the from the firing, I don't know whether it was from his like shell casing that fell out, or if the, the gun hit, that the bullet hit another bullet, or caused a spark or something and hit some maybe some metal. I'm so be, intrigued. Because <clears throat> you know, like public land where you can just go shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's obviously plenty of debris that people leave there. A hundred percent. So it could be a cotton. F- some I'm spark just from the friction for I guess a spark could be caused by the bullet hitting something else, but everything yeah. else is completely encapsulated in the chamber, so no sparks escape inside. Yeah, you'd think so, right? Yeah. How interesting! I wonder. I don't, I don't know. I'm so intrigued. I, I, I'm obsessed with MythBusters, <laughs> and they did. Um, I'm also obsessed with Shark Week. This is the the two lead ups to the story. So, uh, growing up, my parents. Week. Are brilliant humans um, and we would go to we, we did a lot of summers in San Diego with our family but we would go out to San Diego the week after Shark Week every year uh, oh. because the, pe- the beaches are like two thirds less populated <laughs> <laughs> and everything's really cheap so we, we would do that every year and so we always threw a big Shark Week party my parents my big drunk beautiful functioning lovely humans of parents awesome um, and uh what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> Shark Week guns. Shark guns. Week and guns. Oh, Mythbusters. Myth so yes, yeah, so they were they were doing the uh, the myth busting that you couldn't shoot a, a tank of oxygen and have it actually explode. Oh, okay. Um, because there's no actual combustible items that come from a bullet. Puncturing the tank would just make the tank leak. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't actually make it explode in a fiery burst of flame. Had to have some sort of catalyst. So interesting. So yeah. So they they finally made it happen, but they had to use like I don't know, it was like dynamite and shit, and <laughs> just like get so ridiculous with the best job ever. Oh, I guess you have to like I don't know, go so to MIT or whatever. Call wrong, yeah, like, but no, that's that's just intriguing. Yeah, I don't Super know exactly what happened. Apparently, I don't know exactly. Yeah, it's, it was. It's a bummer. It was a crazy thing to see because I was just like. Blink, blink, like I'm probably hallucinating because I've been traveling for so long. But yeah, wild, man. Yeah. Nighttime forest fires flying over him. It's a whole thing. And I was driving down uh, today. Or, yeah, it was like today. Oh, fuck, today. Yeah, and it's still going. It was really. Yeah, it flew in the air. Did, has anyone been evacuated? I actually, embarrassingly, I yeah, embarrassingly enough. I've we, we got a lot going on in life. You can't, you can't tend to every news story. That's You're true. You're not a firefighter. It's not necessarily your role. So. Says you. 
How quickly you're not ready to. I wish everyone could see just her, just Dale, like, make the comment, look down, grab the whistle from the plate, and own it. <laughs> it's next to my burrito. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, yeah, well, Crazy uh, stuff. so I would like to uh, ask you, try to nail, I want you to give me two, th- three words uh, for something. Ooh. Right? For two of them. No, three things. <laughs> because we're in the, I, we're, we're, you know, we're in the alcohol industry, but it's the hospitality yes. industry. Even, even though you work for the production side of things, like mm-hmm. what, what, what does hospitality mean to you in three words? Kindness. Can I hyphenate three words to make one word? Yeah. Vacation from reality. Um, and okay. Ethic. Ethic, okay. Yeah, I think those are my three. Okay. Kindness, vacation from reality, and ethic. So that it, to make cool. to make the first two happen, you have to have the third. Yeah. Would you would you tie compassion in with ethic? Hundred percent. I think ethic means devotion to the trade, but I think it also means empathy. Yeah. Agreed. And I. No, right after I asked you that question while you were thinking that that silent part, I was like, what might be? Well, definitely. What are your three? Compassion. Um, <laughs> definitely hospitality would be welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, um, whether, so, and that ties, so with welcome for, here's an example. Someone comes in, asks for a Jack and Coke, and I work at a tiki bar and doesn't have either of those. Well, I want him, him or her to feel as welcome as possible. Yeah, will I try to sway you to drink something else? Sure. Will I try to get something that's going to be, like, flavor-wise kind of, like, close touching to it, you know? But, like, tell you what, we got Coke syrup mm-hmm. at work. We got soda water. <laughs> I got a spindle mixer. I can agitate it, and yeah. if, it ta- if it tastes good, I'll sell it, right? Or if it's even, it's, say it's, like, a vodka soda. I'll bet, bet your ass I'm going to try to get you to order a cocktail, not because of the price, just because mm-hmm. of the experience. But it's a whole part of the thing. At the end of the day, if you want, if you want this, I want you to feel welcome to get what you want. If we have it, mm-hmm. if I have it, I'll make it for you. Why would I be an asshole about that? You like it. You're drinking it. I'm not drinking it. I don't have to like it. It's the whole point of what we're doing, right? You're, Is yeah, you're here to serve people. Obviously, we get to throw a party for people that mm-hmm. need a vacation or want a vacation or just want a break from their normal every day. And what a special place to be. We get to give them that. And if you have a problem with that probably not the best fit for you and you're probably not passionate for the right reasons maybe maybe yet people aren't or maybe you need to break yourself so you can kind of revisit and because we talked about it earlier when you are overworked when you're working 70 60 you know 60 to 80 hours hours a week like missing family birthdays missing things like that fucking sucks it you, hurts you lose yourself and yeah. life is too short and too important to lose yourself totally and this industry is amazing and it's so good when it's good so you have to balance it. Hundred percent. And like, just because someone else can work eighty hours a week and they're fine, they're different people. But they're not also fine. Nobody's not, fine. Not not always. You know, for what sure. the, I mean, nobody's nobody's fine working eighty hours a week unless you're so, you're setting up your own shit. You know. Yeah, but if it's your own bar, maybe you know it's a little different. It's different when you're devoted to your own. But I think 
I really everyone has their own limits. Yeah. Everyone has their own limits. Everyone has their own sleep schedule. Like we were talking about earlier, everybody <clears throat> needs. Yeah. Some people need four hours, which I call bullshit. But then you it's know, like, I think it's like 05 percent of the population that uh, can do five hours of sleep. Assholes. Genetically, yeah. So jealous. <laughs> I know. Nice. I have it, and then I look like the crib keeper the next day. I'm like, I can just meditate and not sleep. And, and then, then today, yeah. Like I'm 187 years old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I really do truly think, I, I mean, my tenant for most of my life as, you know, as much as I can is just kindness. It's everybody... It shows too. Oh, that's really sweet. You don't need to say that. No, but I, mean, I, like, I, I genuinely mean that. No, you're you're just like, it's evident by the 15 people you ran into today. <laughs> I was making the joke. I was like, oh, more fucking friends. Because <laughs> no, I had the same thing. But like, no, it's like it, you you genuinely are. You're not like, obviously you have a professionalism, and then part of your professionalism is like bubbly and happy about everything. But like, you also are that. So it's not too disconnected. Whereas some people you can tell they're even this like fake kind of persona where they're like, oh, so good to see you, but you mean it. Because you probably only keep these people around as your friends because you do genuinely care, you know? I like humans a lot. That's honestly why I'm in booze. That's why I started here is because I like throwing parties for people is my profession because I love people. (laughs) I want to go to one of your parties. I still haven't gotten to yet. Well, you've got an invite. I know. Coming up. I'll be there. Coming up. I will be there. But I think at the end of the day, as trite and as as bullshit as this sounds, um, the world does not have even remotely enough kindness and there's not enough understanding. Everybody has hurt and everybody mm-hmm. has struggles. Everybody has battles that they're fighting that they don't share with the rest of the world. And sometimes they're grumpy fucks and sometimes they're assholes and sometimes they're myopic. Sometimes they don't see outside of themselves. Sometimes they treat servers and bartenders like shit, yeah. you know, but they're not inherent. I don't think humans are inherently bad. I don't think they are, and I think everybody just needs a little bit of kindness. Yeah, I, th- I agreed. And well, and even I think humans are inherently selfish. Uh, I think so. You know, I think that's. I think that's true. That's, sometimes that can. We're here to. We're, we're here. Come in alone. Leave alone. You know, mm-hmm. like obviously we we we're a tribal. Kind of. But we're also community animals. So we were yeah, while tribal, we're commun- yeah. exactly while we're while we're we are coming in and going out on our own. Um, I, we're, we're also tied in with the, our community. And so we are also inherently empathetic. Mm-hmm. Cause we save examples, we, you know, but we stay, we stay together because we are empathetic. That's how we've stayed alive. We work together where, you know, whereas there's a lot less na- in empathy when like, and on that page, nature is metal. You will not see a lot of empathy there. Don't raw. watch the bear eating the deer. It's a lot. It's, it's just, it, honestly, I, I had this weird, enjoyable, sadistic part of me that liked it. Honestly, the chimp part of me that sees his friend die and like, you, laughs. You never hear was, deers making noise and that deer... He was screaming. I also like, just said deers, by the way. Deers is. That's how you say it, right? Deers is. And there's two apostrophes. Don't deer ask eye. where they are. Like fungi, deer eye. They're stuck right in where <laughs> you don't want them. <laughs> um... No, kindness, kindness is so important and like nobody can ever be always kind because everybody's always like, sometimes you're grumpy as fuck. Sometimes you, you get practice. pissed off. You gotta act. But it takes action. You know what? Nothing is ever, except for when big shit happens in people's lives, like nothing is ever important enough to not be kind unless lives are at mm-hmm. stake. Yeah. Unless the bad things are happening and even then you can afford it. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. Um, 
I'd say one of my other ones would be compassion. And that ties in with empathy and kindness. So it's kind of hard to give three words, but... No, but I mean, I think that's right there. Because you have to be compassionate and understand that, like, say you're at a cocktail bar, such as one that, that I worked at, right? Mm-hmm. That I work at right now. That, that That's... Um, a lot of this stuff is above their heads. It's so out of their norm mm-hmm. that... And they're escaping into a basement that looks like a spice tutor shit from the 1800s. It's sure. new. It's such an uh, emotionally... It's the best. It, it's just... It's, yeah, it's fucking awesome. I, sometimes I look back, I'm like, what? look where the fuck I work. I tell my coworkers, <laughs> like, guys, just think for a second. You're going to get to your life, and one day we won't be here. Think about working here. Awesome. The best. Let's just take it in this moment for a sec. Yeah. Um, and so it's such a stimulating environment for people. Like, whoa, there's music, lights, sounds, all this, this gear everywhere. It's, you're completely somewhere else. Really cool, right? And you look at this menu, and... You have a you have to read through a story to get to see your cocktails, mm-hmm. you know, and the original drinks are all throughout a story, and there's forty total drinks, forty drinks. It's a big menu. That's hard to choose, right? Yeah. And so I'm there to guide them through it, and it takes a lot of compassion for me to realize this person comes from a completely different area of life than I do, and probably knows nothing about these ingredients, and that's why I'm so careful to be like, do you have any allergies? You know, oh, it's nuts. Well, guess what? There's an ingredient called orgeat, and nobody knows what the fuck it is who comes in here. So it, it's almond. And I don't it want looks to hurt like anybody. Cum. <clears throat> it does. <laughs> That's why I say we have pineapple juice in there to make it taste better. Um, for those of you who don't get that fucking joke, guess what? Apparently, if you eat more pineapple juice, your cum tastes better. I don't know this from experience. I will a get back to you if friend. I do. Yeah. I genuinely don't. I'd admit it if I did. Um, it's true. I mean, I eat a lot of pineapple, so I'm sure <laughs> if I just went for it one day, I'd be like, oh, yep, it's good. So, oh, God. High citric acid. It's good. It's good. <laughs> what if you, t- yeah, but if I take it, like, oh my God, it's good. I feel like that has to be a thing somewhere. That's a Pornhub def- category, def- just eating oh, your own shit. For sure. <laughs> well, not shit, you know, but, yeah, you know. <laughs> 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 it's getting better. That's, <laughs> nailed it. Can you imagine, like, one of your friends, like, so, so I just have a confession to make. You're like, what? Like, I, I try my own, like, your own what? Like, your own food? Like, no, no, my own, my own cup. Really? Okay, why don't you tell me this? Just a tiny it was good. whisper. It was good. <laughs> just straight face, like, it was really good. <laughs> I honestly, I loved it. <laughs> Imagine your friends is like that. You're like, okay, why, 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 why are you telling me this? Do you know? Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that I could imagine saying. Oh that. yeah, I definitely have had some friends who have admitted that to me. Not quite as like comedic as that. Yeah. Like, like I mean, I imagine it's just like a little lick, though. I mean, it's not like a full like Silence of the Lambs. Like I haven't seen that. Oh, it's not, not one of the six, folks. Well, Jodie uh, Foster gets a fistful of something, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I've seen some weird porns out there. <laughs> my mom's never going to listen to this. Um, good, good. She doesn't even support my fucking foul mouth. <clears throat> <laughs> my passions. Um, compassion, though. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? True. I'm talking about compassion and eat. Passion. Pass it on. Come passing it on. Come passing it on. Good word. You, you have to be compassionate in the hospitality industry. Like you have to, like, 
And, and that transfers to so many different aspects of life that go beyond this industry in general. You have to like understand that people come from different walks. Mm. People have different life experiences, hopes and dreams and desires compiled and all of their life experience compiles into this very moment that you encounter them, mm-hmm. you know, and they have so much different, you know, your, your job is to meet them halfway and to kind of gauge where they're at. Especially, and it hurts. It hurts sometimes. Yeah. Because it's hard to be around Oh, they can be shitty. Humanity. They can want to control that. Can be, no, I, I refuse to drink that. I won't, mm-hmm. I, won't, I won't drink gin. And then I give them a cocktail with gin and they love it. And I tell them, guess what isn't that? Gin. <laughs> like, what? It's like, I told you. Just, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. So they're like, this is, I didn't think I'd like gin. I was like, yeah, I got you. I'm to tell us, you know. There's vibes. There's energies. It's, there's sometimes people throw a fit. Sometimes people get in a fight. Sometimes yeah. it's, it's them. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes they're having a thing. It's a new experience, whatever. Humans are hard. And it's, it, it can mm-hmm. be a very challenging task to be, um, to be kind when that kindness isn't shared back with you. But I think that is, it's the most beautiful thing in any kind of a relationship a human can have with any other human, whether it's a bartender and a guest or a a couple, a pair, um, is showing kindness when that's not necessarily being shown back at you. And Mm -hmm. it's, it makes you have to be vulnerable without necessarily receiving that vulnerability back and i think those are the strongest people that i respect the most i was gonna say it requires strength so much strength and it requires it like, hurts. A, like an inner peace too to kind of like both hold yourself together and just like this person setting your boundaries setting mm-hmm. your making sure that you don't embody and and really um internalize what that that pain is and what whatever yeah. it is that they're experiencing they could have had some shitty thing happen there their dad that. could have died this morning or yeah. you know or, or you they go out to a bar after dad dies it's a little weird but yeah <laughs> i mean I, guess I don't know what you do when your dad dies but i don't want to know, you know. <laughs> it's gonna be a shitty time it's gonna suck I agree. <laughs> it's gonna fucking the slide whistle's not right there. Right? <laughs> I looked at it. She's, I tried. Wait, she's gonna blow the whistle. No, she's not. That's really I, inappropriate. I touched it with my fingers. Such dark comedy. Your dad's gonna be Parental death. That was our tap dance that we just did. Apparently. Start spreading the news. He's dying today. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I'll make a brand new start of it with my new dad. With my new dad. Hey. Well, that just sounds like you're killing your dad and getting a new one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wait. What were you talking about? What were you talking about? (laughs) Did I not? Oh, shit. Fuck. We'll edit that one out. I gotta go. <laughs> Dale just walks out, never to be seen again. <laughs> uh, before we started, uh, New York, New York, what were we talking about? <laughs> Kindness, compassion, compassion, empathy. Yeah, I just think that's such an things. important thing. Okay, so I told you I was going to ask you a few yes, yes, yes. three-word things. And, yeah. and feel free to give me one word and tell me to fuck myself if you don't have enough. It's totally cool. I'll feel free. Um, give... Tucson, three words. Mm. Stark. Mm. Lush. Uh. Mm. Uh. I raised my eyebrows so many times in the past three seconds, just so you know. Um, And. Like a hummingbird. Oh, gosh. The last word 
it's so hard to choose a word that's profound enough. I guess just profound, honestly. The depth of of the of what exists in Tucson on on such an artistic level, um, and such a frontier level, such an, an experiential and discovering level is mm. so huge. There's still room for people to just try shit here. And it's so under the surface too. Totally. And it's, they're not here to do it for prestige. They're do it to, they're doing it to see if it can it. work yeah. and because they want to be here and they're not trying to like, you know, be in the fucking New York times for their beekeeping. It's kind of like the wild West here. I mean, you can, you can literally pay for two homes for the price of one apartment in Brooklyn. It's maybe even three. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, it's it's the yeah quality of life uh for cost of living is is unbelievable and the amount of inspiration that's in this area that has been mm-hmm. for hundreds of years people have come to tucson for a very long time to breathe from everywhere we have a huge new york contingent we have a huge la contingent we have a huge san francisco contingent huge portland contingent there's there's a lot of people from Paris also. There's like this huge Paris population. Aren't there a lot of band? I know like Calexico is one of the big bands from here. Calexico is a big band from here. Um, There's the music scene here is unbelievable. The Rialto Theater is one of the best theaters in our venues in our state for there's, sure. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you know, you're an incredible musician and the, the amount of bands. There's a lot of people that come to Tucson. They don't come to Phoenix. Which to me, I'm bummed about that because I think they should share. But you know, but well, I get it they do, though. But like, they'll do one or the other. It's a one lot or of the, the other, and a lot of it's Tucson mm-hmm. because it's so inspiring here. So Fleet Foxes did. They came yeah, to man. Tucson, and like that was. But yeah, do you know Wu Tang is coming to Tucson and not really? Phoenix in July? <laughs> Funny. I think it's really funny too. I don't know why they're doing that, but I just saw the billboard and I looked up the tour and I was like, "What the fuck? Wu Tang's coming!" And then. They're just not, they're like ditching Phoenix, which I'm... I wonder why. I wonder. I'm so intrigued. That seems like the wrong way to go. I love it. I mean... There I'm, could be a variety of things. There could be so many things. Like coordination with other acts when they booked it. It could have been, hey, well, we're all full. We have these guarantees already. I'm taking a tiny bit of delight in it just yeah. from, you know... Relish, but relishing the fact that we're Relishing like a little bit. But... Um, it's yeah no it's it's just it's so beautiful there's so many incredible flavors and colors my favorite time of year is coming up it's monsoons and it's it's unbearably hot sometimes i mean today was rough today was hot but i mean you phoenix is even hotter but when when the monsoons happen i love tucson so much because the u of a is such a huge population it's Mm -hmm. over i mean jesus at this point it's probably about seventy thousand. So when holy fuck isn't that crazy? Think about how much money one, that place generates. Uh, let's not even start on that. But yeah, without grandfathering a, programs and that they've cut. But hey, that rec center is cool. But yeah, anyway, let's, let's talk about that <laughs> another whole podcast. <laughs> we'll do out. that. Cool, you <laughs> little frat boys can rock climb. That sounds hot. Let me suck your dick. But um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, so this <Hopefully> they <laughs> <eat> pineapple. <laughs> That makes it taste good. Yes. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so we didn't get that. <laughs> that was just boiling. Yeah, the tea kettle was going. That was going. If that was abrasive for anybody, you'll you'll recover. It'll be okay. Just You're don't play that okay. part. Um, <laughs> when the U of A leaves and it's it's hot as balls and there's just 
it's miserable. You can't do much outside until the sun sets. There's very much of a siesta culture here okay. where it's it's sleepy and then yeah. by 9 p.m everything wakes up and That's everything cool. starts and it's because it does cool down at night and it's been that but way a lot of stuff for, closes early down here yeah, too it closes early but a lot of other it's it's mostly house things and okay. and community things and That's cool. everything the, the under the surface stuff that you got, you got to know to know you got to be a part of the thing mm-hmm. and it it Makes starts sense. it and it goes and that's that's kind of the the beauty of the place if it truly feels like it does feel like the wild west out here. It feels like that I'm on the edge of, I'm on the edge of the world. You can do whatever you, not whatever you want, but I mean, you can you can try whatever trade or profession you want. You can you mm-hmm. can, you know, the thing that's great about it too is like while there are a lot of big fish in the small pond that you know they did didn't cut it in Manhattan and they're like my craft pencil shop is the best one in the world and then they open it in tucson and you're like oh, okay but still the community of tucson's like <laughs> craft pencils and everybody supports that shit like <laughs> or like what's the it's always sunny thing where they're like yeah, like mac and charlie are talking about opening up a leather shop in arizona and they're like yes Dean and dennis are like well they go out of business in the day's time <laughs> <laughs> or a week's time I love that. I love that shit. Craft pencil shop, leather shop, it's leather shop in Arizona. <laughs> Is there really a craft pencil shop? No, okay, I mean, I'm but like, they're actually. I, I'm not sure. I don't spend that much time here anymore with all of the travel that I do, and they're probably. It's crazy how much travel you do. It's a lot. Who, who books that? You? Me. It's it's great and it's wonderful and I'm extremely fortunate, but just. It's gonna be exhausting. It's a lot traveling. I'm I'm gone two to three weeks out of every month. And uh, how long has this been going on for? How long will it go on for? Is two it like- and a half years it's been going on, and wow. that's it's a ton. And um, I am I'm very fortunate that I, I have one of my I was able to hire one of our, our dearest friends who has been in the bar industry for a long time, he's worked for us for a long time, um, and is absolutely lovely and is one of the most compassionate, kind, empathetic incredible hosts of people I've ever met in my life. It just, he just comes by it naturally. Um, so I get to hand off uh, some of our markets for him to treat kindly, which is lovely because that's okay. our, our greatest strength as a small producer is just being nice. It's so simple, yeah. but we're all so just humans. You know, we can afford to be nice and it's nice yeah. <laughs> to be very eloquent. You may quote me. One of my kind of like, mantras especially regarding this podcast and just like the network i've been kind of you know lucky enough to kind of be a part of and to form in the last like few years uh just be cool to cool people be cool to cool people you know like for real you're cool i was cool to you you know yeah. like i generally am a cool to most people I mean, i'm kind and and you know reasonable. he's saying this while he's cuddling with the golden retriever the i want just everyone thing. to know he's the sweetest little <laughs> smartest little guy his name his is Wero. he is definitely a little white boy he like hugs you he does he's a hugger oh look <laughs> at his paw on your arm he's hugging you back his little crawl on him look oh. at that face i know Y'all can come over and meet Wedo whenever you want. He's a good boy. He's at the distillery every day. So if y'all want to drink some whiskey Dobak, you should come over and see Wedo. Have some whiskey. It's a good time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just just being like, you know, be like minded people and just really like, just be cool, cool people. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing. A lot of of people kind of have issue making 
making things happen for themselves and like sometimes you gotta take the prerogative to kind of see where those connections lie and mm-hmm. I, maybe maybe i'm just better at it than some others like i think you are you have a propensity to you know uh not have a certain amount of social anxiety that i think a lot of other people your age and in a similar industry have i, I think I, bro- I broke it i took a lot of work to get you can tell, because I, I think you can tell where it once was, but you can also tell that you pushed through it, and you've pushed through it for long enough that you're comfortable with the pushing. Does yeah. that make sense? <laughs> sure, I'm glad. That's Is that cool too that. much? Or? No, there's not too much with me. I mean, okay. I'll let you know. Um, no, but it's profound, and it, it makes, that's well, cool why. That you can notice that. That's awesome. Well, you're for, I mean, I'm not that much older than you, and as mm-hmm. far as things go, and age has nothing to do with anything past, you know, adolescence, but you you come off as a much older person because of your emotional maturity i think because of that mm-hmm. you're not afraid to be with people you're not afraid to be by by yourself you're not afraid of new experiences you're not afraid of diving in and even when you are you you push yourself through that period of like of doubt or of of talking yourself down or you know that's a good like, observation that's really nice like no like, it's very true it, I, i'll own that yeah you um i don't think you realize how special you are in that to be totally honest like there's there's not um that many people that it's my job to drink and party with people um mm-hmm. and create genuine relationships while I'm still protecting myself from you know from the perils of whatever our lifestyle is yeah um but there's there's not that many people that are actually able to have the amount of genuineness that you have and the amount of fearlessness through still being scared and pushing themselves through to accomplish their challenges. And it's refreshing. It's really cool. There's just that little bit of ambition and drive that, you know, I try to be humble, but I also try to own things that are true about myself. Which is important. You can't just be a doormat. Humble humble is... is, You have to work with your ego, mm -hmm. you know? like I. You got to shake hands. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a really cool quote that um, I heard last year. I can't remember exactly which source it was from, but basically the person said, uh, don't go into any situation too high ego or too low ego. Because mm. too low ego, you're that doormat. Too high ego, you're the reckless. Cocky. You're cockless, reckly. Cockless. <laughs> 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 and a cheers we need a cheers for that <laughs> um. <laughs> cockless reckley is the like sequel a- to uh, uh what is it printer oh my gosh what's the book i'm thinking of we've been drinking for it sounds like a wild printer west darkly, printer, printer nightly scanner like scanner darkly oh no cockless reckley scanner darkly i don't know <laughs> It sounds like a from to me, cockless reckless sounds like <laughs> this like eunuch cowboy <laughs> who's like highly sought after as like a uh, as a, as a sexual no as a sexual kink kind of Ooh. person. People like look to him for to fulfill their kinks. Because he's, like he's cockless, but he's reckless. Yeah, <laughs> his, his his last name is Reckley. His first name is William William Reckley, but William Cockless Reckley. It's uh, uh, what I, Alan Rickman. <laughs> Who wants to get sucked and get and suck my stump? It's Alan Rickman in Dogma, but just on Halloween. <laughs> Dogma? Is that a movie that I don't know? Oh, do you not know? That's Alan not Rickman. One of the I know Alan Rickman. He doesn't have a he's got like a Ken doll thing. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is he Gabriel? 
Because Gabriel's oh, that's not supposed funny. to. Yeah, he's the. I think he's Gabriel, and he's just got like he's got no dick. Oh, poor guy. Well, you know, I miss Alan Rickman. He R. was R. lovely. So, uh, 2015. Yes. You no, don't go into a situation too high ego, too high ego, or too low ego. So if, if yes. it's honest about yourself, own it. You know, it's like it doesn't mean which you can be, be hard talking. because it's mm-hmm. there's the thing that I think a lot of people are. It's something that we don't really talk about, but there's to be a hippie to be a piece of shit. There's there's energies everywhere. You walk into spaces and you can feel things where you're like, whoa, this isn't me. This room feels weird. You know, like mm-hmm. everybody's got instincts on things and people give out energies. And there's a lot of when you're around a lot of people, a lot of the time you pick up on some of that shit. And it's it's a very practiced thing to be able to have, like you brought up, inner peace. That's such an important thing in our industry or in any industry where you're in any kind of customer service, where you're around people all the time, where you're a public figure. It's politics. It's being at the DMV. Yeah. You know, it's it's literally anywhere where you're dealing with people and you're in the public eye often. Um, and having that inner peace and, and understanding that these energies are not you necessarily sometimes you'll have bad days whatever but being able to be secure in yourself and stay kind let's like let's count let's do like the titanic rose drinking game with how many yeah. times i say kind on this, on this kind, but also even just making the decision to be kind because yeah. you might not be kind uh, emotionally in that moment you know mm-hmm. there might be a storm raging inside and sometimes that storm inside i know for me can kind of like cloud my momentary vision I'm not thrust out of the moment and Mm -hmm. so I can't be there and and I can't be on as well as I'd like to be on for the people who come into the establishment I work for because I genuinely care and I I care for them to have that awesome experience but I can't give it to them if I'm not okay myself Mm -hmm. you know the same thing goes for like like if I'm dating like Mm -hmm. you know if I'm gonna try to like court somebody if I'm not okay with myself I don't love myself I'm not like looking myself in the mirror I'm like you're fucking awesome then I, why would I expect someone else think I'm, to think I'm awesome? Yeah, you know that's a commonly rehashed thing. It's just, it's just a, it's a true thing though. It's true. You do you, you be you find the you you that you are, and it might take some time. You know, I'm just like every day. I'm always finding new parts of myself. You're never gonna fully figure out the you, but get as close to that as you can. Always chase that. You'll you'll be in the right zone. It's it's really important. I mean, at the end of the day, going back to what you said before, I mean, you can't take anything with you. It's you come into this and you go out of this, as far as we know, on our yeah. own. And I mean, you don't go through life alone. Someone someone makes the shoes that you wear. Of course, but them. but when you yeah. come into it, you're it's you. You just came into this whole thing, and then when you leave, you're not taking people with you theoretically, unless yeah. you're uh, the Reverend James, whatever his name was, with the Kool Aid and Guiana. Oh my God, that was what a fucked up story that is. And I guess he didn't take. He didn't actually drink it. So yeah, that's some shit. I went down that internet black hole a few nights ago. A few nights ago. Oh man, that I like is knew fresh. about it. I knew about it, but I didn't know mm. about it. Yeah, it was a whole bunch. I did it two summers ago. Really? Yeah, I've taken a month. Off. Well, when you start, you can't stop. No, no, there's I was in no Monterey. stopping. I was on a road trip. I had this month long road trip. I met up Monterey, and I was. What was his name? It was like, it's a JJ or J something. Jones. Right? Jones, yes, something Brian Jones. Jones. No, Brian Jones. 
no, 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 something Jones. Anyway, it was the Reverend something jo- James Jones, James something like that. Something like that. Anyway, next time we have a podcast, I'll have an iPad connected to Wi-Fi so I can Google this shit. But looking up cult suicides. Yeah, well, it's we've good. gone to cult suicides it's twice our, here. It's everybody, get our facts <laughs> but no, it's super fascinating. That's like a, a dark, weird. Uh, feeling to get just as much as that nature as metal seeing animals get fucking tortured and killed by mm-hmm. other animals like there's a little less um, connection as far I mean you still feel fucked up from it mm-hmm. seeing, seeing that awful stuff but yeah. like reading about how they gave it to the children yeah you know? like, some crazy shit dude those people were fucking brainwashed crazy horrible and they caused him so much pain to it and it mm-hmm. wasn't an easy death it was like it literally gives me like this weirdest creepy feeling it does and they like were so isolated and, and fear it's like a really weird like you know, Tor- it's to throw up the grossest part of humanity it's isolating gro- yeah. and massacring people yeah you know and that's unfortunately I think um, it's so every time that there's horrible darkness and every time that there's there always has to be a god this is a weird way in time to say this but like having horrible things have happened in in the history of the world it makes you appreciate the good so much more yeah I mean, you can't have the light without the dark. So you gotta have the dichotomy to be able to. You have to have the balance. I don't know if that was the time to say that because that was that was a horrible travesty that shouldn't no, have but, happened. Yeah, of course, but it's like, you know, say uh, levy. I mean, it's awful, and you can get attached to it, but ultimately, like, you keep you gotta move on, and that's obviously not something that's it happened way in the past, you know. And it's like some crazy shit, man. Yeah, and it doesn't make it, it does definitely does make you appreciate that you know, those good, awesome moments. Um, something I think about is like, I got into Hinduism a little bit. Like, I think it's a great religion, you know, Same that's why thing. I have Kali tattooed on me. Oh, you do. I've never yeah. seen that one. Yeah. Oh, he's fresh. She boobs on there. <laughs> got that in January. Um, so she's the goddess of, uh, of, um, death and destruction and time, death of the ego, uh, oh, so is that it like means. Temple of Doom, Kalima? What is Ma? Yeah, Kalima. Yeah, she's the Divine Mother. So ah, her consort cool. is Shiva, and she's typically depicted um, holding like a demon's head, and that blood is dripping into a um, a bowl, which it's I can't remember exactly what that that part of it um, symbolizes. But basically, the Hindu gods are like representations of energy, right? Cool. So the Kalima represents the Divine Mother, and that. So what is a mama? It's a mama bear, you know. Yeah. Fuck my kids up, and I'll fuck you up. But it's also unconditional love, mm-hmm. you know. And she was depicted in the past um, as really rageful, and she would go into the battlefield just destroying everything, all the demons, until eventually she would destroy everything. And what would stop her would be her consort Shiva laying on the ground, and she would step on him. As soon as she stepped on him, she would like kind of come to that's kind of how I feel with women in my life <laughs> I'm the guy who's just it's okay step on me when you come up oh, there you are okay awesome <laughs> wait so <laughs> no, as Kali or as, as Shiva uh, I'm Shiva yeah. oh no in a, good, in a good no in a good way it's like a like hey I'm gonna kindly wake you up out of this let's pull you to reason kind of thing you know what would it be like if somebody was already pulled to reason when you met them. 
Oh, I mean, I mean, this is not, I don't feel this permanently. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, like, growing up with my mom and my sister is like... Heard, heard, heard. I know how to kind of, like, calm them, I guess. Um, oh, no, that's... What, you know what I mean? Totally. Like, one little part of it, you know? I'm not... I'm not trying to say it's a blanket statement over any woman I can come Sorry in contact for with. digging. No, dig. I wouldn't make a comment that if I didn't expect digging to happen. I'm um, a real good digger. Yeah, no, please dig. Please, please. Digging's the best. Um... Yeah, and so anyway, with Hinduism, there's the, the, one of their main texts is the Mahabharata, I believe it's called. It's a big epic poem. One part of that poem is called the Bhagavad Gita, which you maybe have heard about. Mm-hmm. Like a religious poem about um, this is a story about this uh, hero Arjuna. He was a commander who was in this war, and his chariot driver was uh, became Krishna incarnate. So Krishna came, and dis- like sometimes I've read this book and the weirdest shit happens where I feel like the universe is speaking directly to me and it's really creepy and I, it's thrilling it's insanely thrilling it's like psychedelic and just like really intense right and um, and, and it talks about like Krishna displays himself in all his full glory and like his infiniteness you know in that moment to Arjuna because Arjuna wanted to back out of the fight. He wanted to be, I don't want to kill these people I don't even know. Like mm. I'm fighting against a country that I just, I don't know these people I have to kill them. Like I, I just not okay with that and Krishna and his chariot driver who, you know, who's Krishna or whatever is like, get up and fight. Like the, this, this life doesn't matter. It repeats, you know, and ultimately no one knows for sure, right? But I like that idea like, you just return to the the source from which you never l- really left. It, we're all energy. Yeah. You know, and there's we are that. Like this isn't this isn't a ball hitting my hand and moving it over here. This is con- this is my own energy. This isn't kinetic. Yeah. And so where does energy start or begin? Nowhere. It's infinite. And so when we die, whatever dying actually is, there's room in the energy just displaces. Other it's, it, it displaces yeah. and we're all a part of all of it. And there's a, there's a huge network and it's something that we can't measure yet, but it's fucking there, dude. We all feel it. We all yeah. know it. And we are it like that is literally what we are. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Do you feel like we're receivers of some signal of I like think a consciousness is like a rate, like a radio <laughs> <laughs> only if it's ham radio. Um, what? <laughs> Do you know about ham radio? Uh-uh. This is the most interesting thing. It's like AV club in, uh, have you seen Stranger Things? Uh-huh. So you know how they have their, their little radio club? Uh-huh. Ham radio is so interesting. So it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a radio network of mostly older dudes across the, the uh, globe. And they just try to see how far they can get on radio signals. So they're all a bunch of gearheads. They get super into it, and they just try to see if they can talk to somebody in Australia. Oh, okay. Basically, it's it's very great um, for survival situations. Um, Interesting. If, if you're down for carrying, like, 50 pounds of radio equipment on your back. Was yeah, that diplomatic yeah. enough? Yeah. It's a lot of uh, uh, doomsdayers. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, but also on top of that, like in the eighties, it was AV club was a huge thing and people were super into radio stuff and whatever radio waves could do. Cause it was sort of a new, yeah, um, not new, but just figuring out how they could be manipulated and, and new technologies that were coming out with that anyway. But, but a ham came from a lot of that. Um, okay. Yeah. It's super interesting. We have some people in our lives that are very into it <laughs> and it's, I would like to know more. 
I would also. <laughs> I'll have to Google that. Have you ever heard about like Nikola Tesla? Your, oh, yes. How he received like a dream about radio waves sending. Do you think he just air? made that shit up or his publicist made that shit up? No, he had like a, he was like slightly off. He had like a, some, had some sort of well, savant autistic kind of thing. He was autistic and Edison was a dick. I think that's like kind of how all of it went. Yeah. Edison was just a bully and was like, you're autistic. And then Tesla was like, but I did all of it. And then Edison was like, no, it's mine. I think that's kind of how the whole saga went. Fucking assholes. What an asshole. Yeah. Right? But, we're, but you know what? We're just barely starting to wake up as uh, monkeys. We're still primates. So mm, got to give true. them some benefit of the doubt there. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I don't. But it's just t- that that also ties into <laughs> one of those things of like, get up and fight. You know, that kind of like, it doesn't matter. Like this, like when I like, unfortunately, look all the styrofoam we get to throw away tonight from this Mexican food. Mm-hmm. You know, I can choose to think about that or the fact that this life. You know, like I, what 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 can I do? I read something the other day. I can't remember the quote. I'm gonna try it. Was like, trying to solve the environmental crisis is like organizing a mess just organizing the mess mm-hmm. you know it's just like putting the mess into order sure it's not going to clean it you same know? color trash bags in different piles yeah yeah right and so like we're fucked no matter what as long as our population growth is going to maintain this as it does unless it's severe efforts but i just don't think it's worth me losing sleep over you know, I'm not going to actively sure. waste, of course, you know, I'm not going to actually, well, fuck it. I want to get two Hummers and then start a fire every day. Cause and make a house out of napalm. Yeah. We'll just add some gasoline to the styrofoam. Steven had like a cocktail, it was like napalm titties or something. Napalm, oh. napalm in your vagina or something. Oh my God, what was it? It's very funny. S- something along those lines. I thought it was great. Next podcast, he'll be on here. He's the better half. He's just amazing. So y'all know. <laughs> Both of you guys, us three, like, it's the riffing good. is fucking <laughs> so awesome. Humor. And that's the thing when I first met both of you, it was like, instantly the humor was just like clicked. It was lovely. And I'm like, this is, these people, who, who, and you guys came out of nowhere. I, I, I'd heard your name. I was, we sniped. I, I know who <laughs> you guys were. And then I was like, oh shit, like, these people are like, and there's, they're zoned in, you know? It was good. And he was, um, you know how you do when you're, you're used to just kind of being in your own world and people not catching your jokes and you give your own movie lines or your own like music lines that apply to the conversation, but uh-huh. you know, you're the only one that's going to get the reference. Yeah. You threw a couple of those out and we were not letting you get away with that. <laughs> we were like, okay, motherfucker, like, <laughs> you're going to be fine. <laughs> That's that actually awesome. how Steven and I started hanging out because I thought he was gay. Oh, um, yeah. When we first met, um, I was in vocal performance when I was younger, and that was what I thought my degree was going to be in eventually, and I did a lot of Broadway musical-y things um, in my younger days, and uh, My Fair Lady happened to be one of my favorite plays, and so I made... We were all in this bar huddle in the ill-fated Tiki Bar Saint House where we where we met, and I said something I, I used a quote for like excuse me sir did you go to school and everybody laughed and laughed and dispersed and it was like part of the conversation and then 20 seconds later at his well down there he followed up my fair lady quote and said what do you take me for a fool and i heard it and i was like oh my god you're gonna be my gay best friend for the rest of life <laughs> you gay gay boy you just followed my my fair lady quote 
Um, turns out his brother is a, a really lovely big gay opera singer traveling with Phantom of the Opera. So he sewed hoop skirts for many years and Kinto, oh Kinto's God. incredible. Um, so I not only get my gay best friend because he sings all of the words to every musical with me uh, whenever we watch it, but I'm also desperately in, in love and he happens to be straight. So that's perfect. good for Selfish Dale. Yeah. <laughs> this is so cool that like, you know, two rad people are together. There's a lot of people I see that I'm like, why the fuck are you together? This should not happen. That's nice. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like, the same way. I'm so fucking lucky, dude. I, I, there's not that romantic person with me that I just like gets all gushy <laughs> over the couples like that. I'm like, that's so stupid. I'm like, you guys are fucking cool. I love that. It's really good. I love seeing it, but it's also like, you know, seeing like my sister almost finalized divorced mm. after a year mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's and she's turning 24 years hard yeah oh it's super super hard and that's another story but uh, that's what they say first year after marriage is tough it's a thing i guess yeah 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 Aww. and like seeing that i'm like oh it's just interesting to see how people you know just you know don't don't mix right and if you f- if you force that cardboard uh, like a puzzle piece if you force it the cardboard will break it breaks and you know what's interesting is that there's so many shoulds and there's so many advices and there's so many whatevers and that's I think that's such a huge seller for magazines and self-help books and TV shows and whatever there's no right and there's no wrong when we met there's no playbook no we were we were not ready to meet a human I mean we were both that we wanted to be with like I was pretty much ready to be alone for a very long time and he was in a very very deep dark place we were both in our dark places and we fought for the first six months of our relationship like horrible screaming fights we were it was yeah and this should have been the honeymoon phase but we also just knew that we needed to be together so we never you know we never like fucked anything up we never broke up with each other we stayed and then we learned how to calm each other down we learned how to make sure that we were actually becoming vulnerable with each other Mm -hmm. and that's not like the right way to do it you're not supposed to fight for six months when you first start dating you know that's not the thing but that was six fucking years ago and we got married two months ago you know that's awesome it's really cool there's no right or wrong yeah no and everyone everyone's got their own playbook and exactly I was talking to someone about this the other day. Maybe I recorded it. Um, yeah, there's just there's just different people have different. Uh, and again, it's like everyone's different. We have our own unique perspective, and yeah. like you can bounce your perspective off others in order to kind of gain a different uh, viewpoint of the world and see how other people handle their kind of tri- tribulations or whatever their you know fights and stuff and different yeah. like take their advice right and but ultimately you form your own mm-hmm. you know but a lot of that involves other people's as well but it takes a lot of effort and like and especially with that kind of thing to like work and to be better I mean you guys are both very intelligent people and you figured it out it's awesome it's so sometimes you gets, know yeah I don't know like, it's cool it's, it's fucking awesome you know when you meet somebody and you know like you know, you you just see somebody and they say something that's like very funny or very something and it just like strikes you in a funny way and you're just like, that person's going to be a buddy, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. The moment that I met him, he, uh, I think he, <laughs> we were going through awful role play training for this, this bar that opened and closed very quickly. Um, and he quoted Idiocracy. Uh, the bar was called Saint House, and they asked him to do a role-playing situation as a hostess. 
uh, which was delightful. Uh, Stephen is a um, is a stout, uh, very strong, but definitely stout bearded gentleman. Um, he's a he's a big physical persona as well as a mental persona. He's he's just a large energy in general, playing the role of a hostess, and that we were all doing this, and he what came out of his mouth was just welcome to saying house. I love you. (laughs) And I was just like, (laughs) did you just quote idiocracy? That was rich. That was rich. That was was rich. Or however I did that (laughs) before. Um, and then he spoke in Portuguese a little bit and I was like, Oh shit, I'm probably going to have you babies. And here we are. six (laughs) years later. So that's about how that went. Hot stuff. And then we just punched each other for six months. We mm-hmm. didn't really. And then here we are. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Well, good for you guys. Thanks. That's really cool. Love Thanks. hearing about Thanks. that kind of stuff. It's fun. Um, okay. I feel like I had one more thing. I want you to sell Delbach in three words. Tell people about it. It's amazing stuff. It really, really is. In three words. I think it's the best whiskey in Arizona. And, and Thank you. I haven't tried a lot of other American single malts, um, but I have. And I think it's, it's special. And it's what you guys do as far as like from grain to bottle. Is you do it all. It's cool. And it's localized. And it's fucking tits. One of less than 20 in the world malting and distilling all our own shit. It's wild. Yeah, isn't that crazy? crazy. One of less than 20 in the world. That used to be the standard, right? That used to be what everyone did. But now it's it's the same thing that we're talking about. So much outsourcing and there's a mm-hmm. lot of monopolies. Yeah, so I get it's it. It's tough, but three words. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first one would definitely be nostalgia. I think Mesquite's a very nostalgic. Even if it's not your nostalgia, everybody's had barbecue. Everybody's had Mesquite. They know what that flavor tastes like. Even if it's just been like Lay's barbecue potato chips, you know? It, in specifically oh, yeah. in the Southwest, it harbens like it, images of, uh, you know, you get out of school in the summertime and everybody's smoking corn over mesquite chips on their grills and having backyard barbecues. And then in the wintertime, everybody has mesquite fires going in their chimeneas, you know, so it's, it always just sort of brings across times of being with loved ones or times of breaks from the crazy. Mm. Um, and mesquite is just so. It's everywhere out here everywhere it's just it's it grows like a weed so i, I think it's mis- so fast full maturity what is it two years one to three yeah. full-grown trees very sustainable and just so fat and it's like weeds but everywhere outside of the southwest it's such a an oil rich hardwood it's extremely expensive and it's very hard to find so we're lucky aside from it getting into the plumbing of the house where we're we're oh. currently recording this podcast. Oh hazmat. Um, Thanks. I'm well, Hazmat Friday. Dale. That was my own Hazmat team. Sunshine Cleaning. That was me. Um, <laughs> so you get pictures? No. I was too pissed to get pictures. I get that. Um, the story was that the mesquite uh, uh, roots got into some of our clay plumbing, plumbing the uh, in this 1940s bungalow that we live in. Sick uh, house. The exposed beams, I think, are my favorite part. It's, it's a lovely place, but our house flooded with Tucson sewage, um, and, and hazmat teams, turns out, are expensive, so we, we uh, became our own hazmat team and uh, listened to <laughs> a lot of Outkast uh, <laughs> and other such songs uh, to do with dirty or clean uh, yeah. while we cleaned up the house. Oh. So uh, y'all are welcome over here anytime. Nightmare. Um, this place is really, really cool. It's pretty nice. 
I feel it, the vibe is so. It, it's got this like, it's like a rustic retro. It's nice. It's the the house has always had a good feeling in here. It's and yeah. yeah, it doesn't like I don't know if you've ever had a house that you lived in that didn't feel great. I've had a couple of them. Mm-hmm. I've had one in particular that was quite bad. Um, My apartment has one one little area where I feel like there's a spirit saying, "Get out." Something's not <laughs> liking you being there. I had taken acid in the apartment, and I think I opened up a little rift in one little area. Yeah. How interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, there's, there's, I, it's an old building. I don't know what happened. So, I mean, it's mostly, this is one little area if I stand there too long. I have to keep the energy free in that area. It's weird. Interesting. I can't put my piano up there anymore. It's weird. Huh. Uh, there was a, a house that I used to live in in the Iron Horse. So, where we just were at, at, <coughs> at Revel, if you keep going to the west, that all is the Iron Horse neighborhood. And that's where. Revel. Revel the wine bar that we were at oh, earlier okay. tonight. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I so on on Ninth Ninth uh, Street, okay. Ninth Street and Fourth Avenue, moving moving to the east rather, um, and there was this house that I lived in, and it I was living by myself. I had just moved down from Phoenix, and it it was some serious sixth sense shit. Like you would walk wow. out of the kitchen and walk back in, and all the cabinets would be open, and I would drive away from the house with my sister. I had an alarm code and we would get a call from the alarm company five minutes later, drive back, all the doors and windows were wide open. Like literally every single one in the house. What the and fuck? And it was, it was a big house. It was like a 2,500 square foot house. It had three bedrooms. It was like- You a, lived there alone? Lived there by myself. It was a big ass house. I had a, I was doing a bunch of painting at the time and I was, I was working on a bunch of things. So I had like an artist studio and I had a whole bunch of, of <sighs> stuff in there. And it was this turn of the century house. But the, the thing that, Oddly enough, that didn't freak me out enough to move out of the house. I was like, that's weird. Like, cool energies. Like, hippie Dale. Um, <laughs> but the thing that, that really fucked me up, I had a buddy down, um, my friend Chris Coleman. He worked for House of Tricks for years. Um, and I sold a bunch of booze to them. And I love that place. And I love all those people. And so he would come down and visit. And he came down one Memorial Day to visit. Um, and we were all drunk. It was me and Steven and him and in the house and blah, blah, blah. And I had him in, in one of the guest bedrooms and Steven woke up at 7am, got a glass of water, came back and he was like, Hey, who's that other guy in the house? I was like, what are you talking about? Cause I'm OCD about setting my alarm, locking my door, living by myself as a woman sure. and like kind of a shady part of town, you know, like, eh. um, and so go into the bedroom and it is a middle-aged gentleman, um, who is in my house and wearing nice clothes, like nice polo shirt, khaki pants, nice watch. I like pulled down the covers of the bed and I was like, hey, what the fuck is your name? And he was like, he woke up and he was super freaked out. And he was like, John, I was like, John, what the fuck are you doing in my house? And he was like, I have no idea. And I was like, you need to get the fuck out. And so he left. Um, that was really strange. And then I told this story to my friend James at the time. And he was like, Oh my God, I never wanted to tell this to you. When I was gone, I was gone on a vacation. This was like three months before this happened with John. Nobody has my key or or had my key or the alarm code to my house. The same exact thing happened to James. He literally woke up in my house when I was gone and didn't know how he got there. What the fuck? Some shit! It is some shit! And, like, furniture would move. It got to a point to where, like, Stephen and I would wake up in the morning and the bedside table had moved six feet to the center of the room. I have pictures of it. 
it's some, I would walk into my house and like all of the furniture in one would, would be have been gathered to the middle of the room. What the fucking fuck? And it, once I would like dread going home. This is when I was I was the bar manager at Armitage, um, which is now living room. It's up on the north side of, of Tucson. And I would mm-hmm. I would like I was so like I need to live by myself. I need to do this because I, I was like a chronic relationship or person and roommate. So, so your friend woke up in your house. What the fuck? I if would, I wake up the other day, I'm going to fucking never come back to Tucson ever again. You shouldn't. That place was fucking scary, dude. Some shit happened in the Iron Horse. Like there was, there was, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it was a lot of Chinese immigrants. There were, there were a lot of people that lived there that were probably horribly treated. There was a lot of death. I'm sure there was a lot of, just even walking down that alley, the alley is called Florita, and it feels bad in that alley. Some shit fucking happened there. Mm-hmm. Some shit happened there. That house was always weird, man. And what makes me curious is like, I wonder if people living there now experience anything. What if they don't? I talked to my landlord because I loved my landlord. He's yeah. great. I'm actually still friends with him. We hang out. He's lovely. His name's Chad. Um, but he lived there in college and he was like, I have no, he was so sweet because he totally doesn't believe in any of that shit, which is fine. I don't blame anybody for not. Because mm-hmm. to be honest, I don't know if I did before I was like, nobody else is in my house and all these cabinets are open. Like, what the fuck? Like, you kind of have to like see it and be like, mm, that's real weird, you know? Yeah. Um, but he brought in like energy people because he loved me as a tenant I did I, I cleaned up the house a lot I like put glass in all the built-ins like I, I did a lot of work on the actual house so he like didn't charge me rent and he loved me for fixing up the house that's cool because it's a beautiful house and I love woodwork I'm good at it that's cool um awesome and and so he was so sweet he brought in he would like brought in all these energy people and mm-hmm. there was this one in particular she walked into the bedroom that i was in and i would have these i would actually wake up with marks on my body this sounds so crazy i know how crazy it sounds oh my god i know how crazy it sounds but she would walk into the bedroom her name was britta and she was like it feels like doom in here and i just broke down in tears because it felt like doom it felt like somebody pressing at the base of your neck right where your little collarbone bumps are the moment you walked into that room it felt like that always hmm. No matter what, isn't that wild? Something in it, it, I would dread going home, but once I was there, it felt sick, but safe. So it felt like it was almost like indoctrinating you to like, what a strange experience. I was there for a year. Wow. Weird. Weird. Weird What the hell? So have you had any weird haunty experiences like that? No, I I mean, just, just, uh, my, my room when I, and it doesn't always ha- it's not always there um in october i took a a tab and a half lsd mm-hmm. which is the most i've ever taken that's a lot that's a lot that's i mean lot. well there's different concentrations you never really fucking know sure right and it could you know there could have been double dose on the tab the previous tabs i've had they could have been single or double i just I, there's mm-hmm. no reference because it's such a they're not labeled two to one or one to one you're yeah. welcome well and like <laughs> I mean, it takes you like the size of a grain of salt to get high off LSD. You know, it's 25 micrograms. Same with mm-hmm. weed. Same with weed. It's the same amount, about 15 to 25 micrograms. Anyway, um, so I, t- I took, I took, I took that, and it was it was a great come up. I listened to Feist album. I listened to Kana Moccasin album and jammed the whole time with that my guitar, and then um, my hips started getting real tight, and my hips, I have chronic tight, like recurring inflammation in my hips. Interesting. Um, 
Yeah, and especially when I regularly have sex with somebody, thrusting makes my hips tight. And is it your? <clears throat> is it your? It's a piriformis. Interesting. You know the muscle. You familiar yeah, with yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, for those of you who don't know, the piriformis is the muscle that connects the top of your femur to the inside of your hip, and underneath that is a pretty important nerve. I can't remember which one it is. Um, I don't remember either. Yeah. It, it, that's what hurts so bad when they massage you and press you right here, right? Like front of your hips, you can get there it's from like there. It's like underneath your glutes, yeah. it's. It hurts like a motherfucker. Especially from standing up a lot. Standing up a lot or sitting. If you're, if you're standing or like you do a lot of plane travel or mm-hmm. you sit at a desk. Even right now, I'm like, man, I wish I'm... I know. Let's, more ergonomic. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna stand in bed. We're doing a little stretch, and then I'll We're gonna carry do on with my LSD yoga. story. Also, by the way, I am that person because of how much I travel. I do yoga in the aisles of planes, all the time. Oh, I love it. I'm I, that fucking crazy bitch with the fucking neck pillow around yeah. her neck, just fucking warrioring <laughs> to out. It's the best. That's awesome. Also, everyone can just relax about it. Yeah. You know what? Everyone should be doing it. You Your shit swells it's, up. It's not good for you. It's good for your body. Exactly. Um, that was nice. Oh, that was needed. I needed that. A little stretch out. We've probably been going for like a little over two hours. We can we can really? start to wrap wrap it up. No before. way. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> almost 2 a.m. Yeah. How fun. What a good, great, great conversation. What an amazing conversation. We've done uh, a good job. We've done yeah, a very good job. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I... I uh, because of standing at my job a lot and yeah. they get really tight so what I've ended up doing is when I go to the gym I do a lot of posterior chain stuff so all the back oh, so nice. when I do deadlifts it's fine so I have the support for my hamstrings but if I don't mm. get a chance to t- make sure that happens like once or twice a week yeah, I get tight and I wasn't doing it as much then and um, it also ties in with my anxiety I get, yeah because it hits the nerve and it, it does weird stuff to like oh, like last night I got off work and I felt what felt like little you know when you get like a kind of you pick a hangnail and you get like infected it kind yeah. of hurts for a little bit mm-hmm. I felt that in multiple hands and it went away today I had this pimple underneath my armpit that's oh, how like interesting. most weird shit happened today or yesterday because my hips were really tight and so I stretched them out a bunch and I have like I have like a little lacrosse ball and this has been a recurring thing for the last three years just from bartending um, so that's another thing it's like it's you have to kind of work to kind of incorporate healthy things into your lifestyle and it's nice because like I, I'm far healthier last year I was 165 pounds I'm like I'm 200 now you were 165 pounds last yeah. year if I show you pictures you're a tall dude yeah. how tall are you 6'3 you're a really tall dude. You yeah. were 165 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah, I was. it was a bad time. It was a dark time for me. Damn, dude. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're 200 pounds. Yeah. You look great. It's a lot of peanut butter. <laughs> call it, I call it my goop. I make my like a thousand calorie protein shake every shift. Health so can, goop. Yeah. Well, it's like it's coconut water, hemp seed, um, strawberry, dried strawberries. Uh, Sounds delicious. Whey protein. Fuck ton of peanut butter. Banana. Fuck yeah. And frozen strawberries. Easy, simple. I get it's like I get all the macros in. All the stuff. Uh, it's around, a big frozen peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, around yeah, yeah. around ten, um, ten, ten thirty at, at night at work and right. Um but yeah, back to the acid trip. And so I was jam- yeah, yeah, jamming a Konamakas in and my hips that were they were getting tight the whole time coming up because like I had to spit come off a phase of working a lot. Mm. Um when we opened Pobrecito 
I was still working at Counterintuitive and Undertow. I did 145 hours in 12 days. It, I oh. one, one week alone was 95 hours. It was fucking crazy. That's too many, dude. I, I was on fire, though. I felt great about it. I was like, let's do it, let's do it, let's keep going. I had a lot of, like, a lot of good momentum. Mm-hmm. And then took a break, much needed break. And then I just was just starting to get back into working out. I think I was still a little thin. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so my hips were just tight. And uh, I'm, <laughs> I played D'Angelo. I played D'Angelo's... Uh, Voodoo album, amazing album. I love that album. I it's love f- that. It's the funkiest thing to dance to, and a lot of people are like, oh, so you masturbate a lot. I'm like, <laughs> well, I guess I could see that. I don't necessarily know. I'm more of like a, I'm, I might masturbate to like Tycho or Bonobo or like, like <laughs> some ambient. Yeah. <laughs> Rice boy sleeps. There you are. <laughs> or the shins or something. <laughs> um, and. Um, I think it should be way weirder than that, but continue. Oh, okay. I've got some thoughts. <laughs> Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa's more like it. Um, Frank Zappa's sons. So in order. <laughs> moon is Moon Biscuit. What Moon Ooh. Moon Unit. Is moon one of, Unit. Thank you. What yeah. a fucking crazy guy! I don't think he did any drugs either. Really? I'm pretty sure he didn't do any drugs. I don't think that's he true. He was already there. We could fact check that. We'll fact check that. Um, I think Hot Rod has a bit about that. I don't know. Um, yeah, so then Go. I... Yes. D'Angelo, my hips are so tight, so I start working out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to work it out, and I think that's going to help me. And it just kind of inflamed it a little more, and I just started getting more intense. I was alone at home in my apartment, and like, you know, we're, we're surrounded on all sides. It's an old building. I have no idea what kind of shit happened there before. Like, yeah. whatever. You know, and that, that stuff, like, you know, if death happened there, then if someone died or whatever, then I don't, I, don't, I mean, not the biggest deal. Like, no. You know, like, it's just the other, it's the counterpart to life, you know? Yeah. And so I don't know, I don't know what, but uh, I started, like, getting stressed out a little, like, weird because, like, D'Angelo's there's a lot of vocal things going on. A lot of mm. stuff that's not necessarily even like words. It's like, hey, it's like funky. Yeah. It's like really like, mm. it's really kind of in the pocket. Yeah. And so I just, I thought it was going on for this one song. I thought it was going on for hours. I was like, holy shit, how long has this song been going on for? I'm like, okay, it's time to change it. Felt a little weird. Um, turned on this Jonathan Wilson, who I was telling you about, little yeah. Canyon Guy album. Amazing. Just cool. Totally cleared out the energy, just like literally opening up the windows in the spring. Awesome. Right? And um, t- t- take a bath. Awesome. Really regenerative. Lay on my bed, listen to the album, and it's just like, my, I feel like, like, it was, I think it was before this, actually. I'll get to that part in a sec. I yeah. had closed my eyes and I imagined this like, Cause I had a a relationship last year that was short lived, but really intense really Mm -hmm. quickly. And, uh, it turned to be, um, it was abusive. Sure. Yeah. And it wasn't good for me. It wasn't the right fit. And, um, don't necessarily want to speak about it on on the podcast. I'll talk to you. Yeah. 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 No big deal. Um, but, um, this wasn't the right timing for either one of us. And, Mm. you know, I remain cordial with the person and, uh, it wasn't very good for me, hence the losing the weight, whatever. And uh, yeah, as, as those things, the best diet is falling in and out of love and moving. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I definitely uh, lost myself for a little bit, but I found myself harder after that, which is nice. It propelled me to another phase awesome. of my life. 
And um, I was fo- reflecting on that re- relationship a little bit, and I had had this vision of like this sacral like womb, like the inside of a womb kind of thing, and inside of it was like a thorn that Max had left in me. Like the memory was like mm-hmm. was was you know came out as like a thorn. It's like a spear, and I wrote a song, like "Spear You Left Inside." Um, it's a, I think it's a pretty good song. Cool. Um, if I had my guitar, I would play it, but. I was trying to pry open this womb and it was sewn together kind of like with like what looked like floss and every, I was trying to pull it apart but every time I pulled it apart it got stronger oh. got stronger so and like I also sensed these like these biting energies that were like fighting like I was wrestling with them and that was like contributing to the tightness in my hips oh how interesting yeah and I was wrestling with these like demons and it's like weird and you know and like um, I couldn't really it wasn't like that threatening it's yeah. just more of like a little, I run into like a, I'm an elephant, I run into a little, uh, a few hyenas, and I kind of sure. kick them off and keep going, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the main thing was like, I was trying to pull this memory out, and I couldn't. I'm like, well, I kind of came to the realization, maybe it was a few days after, something that like, when you get a splinter in your foot or your hand, your body eventually rejects it. Mm-hmm. So eventually this won't be that spear stuck inside of us. It's like, I need time for it to heal out, right? Mm-hmm. Push out, and that other memories kind of take its place oh that's lovely mm-hmm. and uh so after that i'm listening to this album it's just phenomenal it's like actually a breakup album he wrote after his breakup and it's super psychedelic it's cool. super it's like war on drugs meets tom petty oh. and the, and like pink floyd this guy, oh my god it's fucking cool it's Damn, super dude. tasty send that to me yeah i will we got a fact check Frank Zappa on drugs and I guess enough to bookmark that to forget what everybody make a bulleted list yeah. and hold him accountable please <laughs> seriously um, the album I just oh, so much cool. I actually have the CD in my car I'll just give it to you oh my uh, god I'd love it and so at one point my my I, I think I just farted um, <laughs> I think I did I felt like it I didn't hear it, but I love that. Oh, I just went to clarify if anyone heard anything. It was actually, it wasn't me. It was a dog. <laughs> in the other room. Um, yeah. Is he? Okay. I, I get to this point where I feel like my, my ego, I'm, I'm in this like, like close, um, it's obviously close eyed like vision, visual thing where I'm in this, it's kind of like space, but it has a ceiling mm. kind of close above me. And in the middle of the ceiling is like this kind of tunnel to like this white light. Interesting. Okay. It's like I can visualize that a lot when I um, when I'm on the hallucinogens. Does it feel like a? Do you want to go towards it, or does it feel scary? Not scary at all. It's heavenly. It's divine. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, how interesting. That's nice. Yeah, it's div- That's it's better just, than scary. <laughs> yeah, it's just divine knowledge and stuff up there. Lovely. Yeah. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. Really trippy though. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And then I felt my ego disintegrate across dimensions, like slowly, kind of like push if someone's on my hands i'm like kind of like like massaging dough but that dough was made out of like i know a computer i don't i know it sounds pointless. so dumb and it sounds like these people fucking <laughs> Boo. <laughs> talk more about fucking whiskey no it's it, and I mean, at the end of the day, again, I think energy and kindness make the world go around and nobody knows enough about either one of them. Mm-hmm. 
100%. Not to be too much of an old Arizona farmer about it, but like yeah. do better and no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seriously. No, That's I mean, where's my laptop. Is... There's literally a sticker on my laptop that says do better. Love it. Just do better. Yeah. Always. I'll always improve. There's always room to improve. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then so after that trip, I, um, and that ego disintegration part was. Oh, mm, um, what is it called? It's, it's called ego. Is it ego death or ego? Yeah. Ego death. Is ego there. death. Yeah. I haven't had it on acid, but I've had it on mushrooms. Okay. And it fucking sucked. Really? It was awful. So I've had times where that's been horrifying. And it was me. wonderful afterwards. It was so good. So much of my life got put into perspective. Yeah. But in that moment, I just hated everything that I'd ever done. And I was just so, it was the worst feeling that I've ever had. I was just bawling. I was super alone. It was like, it was this awful experience but then retrospectively it was so unbelievably cleansing and purifying Mm. of what i needed to prioritize in my life it's like no that's that's why yeah why people take the i mean that's why i think some people should take some people should take them that's why i take them because i do too i i love them and actually it's there's a lot of studies that have shown i don't know so much with acid but with mushrooms that that um Jesus Christ, my dyslexia is hitting like real hard. Cinnamon. The component that makes you hallucinate. Thank you so much. In mushrooms. There are a decent amount of studies that I've read on the thing that I couldn't actually just say just now. So take me as an authority. That it actually shows that there is promise of that component improving basically degenerated brain cells and improving yeah crazy uh, stuff um that and lion's mane lion's mane in, in rat brains has been shown to like i uh, have for neurogenesis yeah 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 it's basically adderall yeah less yeah, tweaky yeah adderall that's great less tweaky adderall is always lovely yeah seriously because it's so it's tweaky dials in your focus a little bit basically you feel meth meth yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's meth in the library let's all be honest yeah. it's an agatha christie novel <laughs> i don't know that but <laughs> i laughed at the meth in the library part death on the nile meth in the library oh the I'm orient fuck. express it's the whole thing okay. <laughs> damn it for me <sighs> I wish I got that reference. <laughs> I'll make I'll make one that you won't get. Um, I'm ready. I'll have one right now. Okay. <laughs> It'll happen in the future at some point in the next 10 years. I'll be waiting. Guaranteed. Great. <laughs> After 10 years and I'm a liar. But <laughs> Should we say something profound about um, alcohol before we sign off? Yeah. Um, I think uh, alcohol is... silly drug it is a silly drug it's an amazing drug and we it is everywhere Mm. i mean fermentation is everywhere but i think as far as actual alcohol that humans drink consistently like we we developed because there was an ancestral primate that was able to digest fermented fruit Mm -hmm. and it opened up a more prominent food source for Mm -hmm. it to survive and therefore spread its genes leading to us. And so if we we're here because of that, and I think that alcohol brings people together, it can push people apart. 
you know, it's a, it's a weird two sided double edged sword and like some people have issues with it. Thankfully it's, it's, yeah, it's just, uh, I I usually have like a profound thing I want to say about alcohol. It, it is some of the most interesting, um, carrier of flavor Mm -hmm. that is available in the food and drink and just drink, you know, world like you totally. have the kombuchas and teas and stuff but like the nuances of fermentation and then the rest time after that mm-hmm. which with spirit and wine and and even beer like like how much how much emotional nostalgia and this emotional um experience you can access from just putting this thing in your mouth that yeast ate (laughs) no crazy and i mean i think at the end of the day consumables are the great equalizer Mm -hmm. you know because food and drink bring us all together and we're all the same that we need that just like we need air yeah but that's a way lamer thing to say is that we need a combination of oxygen and nitrogen like but like (laughs) consumables really are the great equalizer in every country every area has their you know, has their traditional localized spirit and they have their cuisines that they're known for, even if it's horrible cuisines like Cincinnati with weird fucking chili on their spaghetti. Like who the fuck knows? And Sprite in their old fashioned. And Sprite in their goddamn old fashions. And Wisconsin, no olives, please. What is that about? And olives with the brandy old... I don't ever... Yeah, olives Mm. with the brandy old fashions. That's a whole thing. I mean... No. No. I just I vote no, but I love all of you. But I I think for alcohol, it it definitely is um it's a it can be a tool and it can be a weapon just like anything else. You know, and it it can be a weapon against yourself, it can be a weapon against others, but it's something that has to be balanced because it is a drug. It is it is yeah. a substance, but I think it is, it's something that we as humans and as animals are, we've had a relationship with for a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's a part of of our culture. It's a part of every culture and it's a part of our, our livelihood and it helps us relax to be not that profound about the whole thing. Um, I know I was searching for something, some reference. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it really does. It, yeah. it helps people True. again with the vacation. It helps them take a, mm-hmm. a quick little vacation from hardships. Yeah. Um, and don't we all need that all the time? You know? Sure. I mean, and then life, as much as life is work, it's play too. Exactly. It's part of it. And it's nice to check out and it's, it's nice to have a drink or two to relax your muscles, ease your anxieties and help you digest, help you digest, yeah. help with, it can help with medicinal things. You mm-hmm. know, there's blood th- pressure and, and then it can also extremely hinder <laughs> and, oh, get, yeah. and give I mean, you pancreatitis. <laughs> slope, but it's all, it's all about discipline and it's all yeah. about like, you know, some people require balance. a little more discipline and balance and some people gravitate towards it naturally. You can be addicted to anything. You could be addicted to drinking water. You could be addicted to eating arugula. Working out. <laughs> no, right? I'm addicted to getting it tattooed on me, apparently. Two, they're two so tattoos. pretty, though. They're With lovely arugula. and very... They're very outlined and prominent and very just beautiful. The artwork is stunning. I'm very glad for them. They're very pretty. Thank you so much. Yeah, I Appreciate love them. You have, you have very pretty tattoos. but Thank you. Yeah, no, you can get addicted to anything. It's mm-hmm. it's habitual stuff. And the things that I think are easiest for people to get addicted to are not the substance itself, but... The ritual. Exactly. It's it's pleasurable and you're using your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's smoking, it's eating, it's drinking, it's fucking I don't know if you're intense at shooting up. Like it's it's yeah. it's doing the thing that you know you can do that's gonna make you feel better. 
Um, yeah. And there's, I was thinking about human ritual, um, before, before we close this out, uh, yeah. when I was counting the money tonight at, at work, the other, I think it was last night. I was like the ritual of, of taking that drawer and bringing it over to the bar top and sitting down, you're sitting down at the end of your mm-hmm. shift. Oh, it feels good. Like favorite. A little bit of soda water left from and service. Si- and and your back hurts like a motherfucker and your feet all of a sudden don't have to have pressure on them. Yeah, and my hips get a little break, my knees get yep. a break. You get to drink something for the first yeah. time in hours, like water without mm-hmm. ice in it that maybe has weird floaties and you're like, this is everything. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And like left, like an open bottle of soda water from service that you only you poured once so it's still yep. bubbly. And, yep, um, yep. and like, yeah, and I'm just counting that money and the ritual of pulling all the cash out and counting your cash tips. And organ- I like to organize them and face the bills the same way. It's not like, makes it one, it makes it easier for me to count less margin for error. Two, I have to bill face too. Yeah, and like, drives me two, crazy. Yeah, like, I don't have to, but I like to because it's part of that ritual for mm-hmm. me. It's part of that like decompressing, like, make easing. it pretty. It just eases all this tension. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. So, like, Human ritual is a very big thing. They're important. There's so many of them. And that alcohol drinking is part of it. Hugely. And I think, you know, there's there's so many quotes and there's so many opinions that are offered through history. And I, I'm going to completely bastardize this quote, but Mark Twain said something at some point about uh, bartenders having the laziest job of getting friends. Something mm. along those lines. And you know what? Yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, but at the same time, it's not just like the drug dealer that you don't want over at your house that's trying to hang out with you. Like, it's not that kind of thing. Yeah. We're, I mean, liquor industry is, it's politicians. It's, you know, it's all of the things. It's diplomacy. It's empathy. It's honestly, <laughs> there's there's so many bartenders that I know that probably should be in politics to be I mean, totally let's think about McCain's wife. Yeah. She, um, Hensley, do you? It's Hensley family, you know? Like, wild. It, it is absolutely crazy. Um, just logging back in the computer. Wow, we went for a while tonight. How did we go? You like cut it off like an hour earlier from now because I think we dribbled. No, it was great. <laughs> we had to, the end of this conversation was good. I mean, throughout the whole thing, it was so engaging. It was fun. Was I had a, I mean, I'm having a great time. I'm yeah. still holding my slide whistle, by the way. Oh, my God. Do you want to <laughs> give us one last, and I'll give a little exit? <laughs> a little sharp at the end. That's so good. How Ouch. awesome that you have one of those. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Dale had a great time talking. Thank you for hanging today. It was a blast. At all times. And treating, treating me to the Tucson way. Um, I will... Uh, Anytime. I will close it out with that. It is 2.04 a.m. Happy <laughs> whatever day of the week it is. Cheers. And one last little cheers. Later. Good night. <laughs> hey. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that. If you listened this far, then you won the uh, contest. And that uh, that that prize is uh, um, me saying that. You won. Me saying that. Awesome. Congrats. Congratulations on your new win. Uh, thank you for listening. Seriously, it uh, means a lot that anyone listens. It's kind of cool. Um, please make sure to check out Page Spring Cellars Winery and uh, 
Arizona Williams Brewing Company because they badass. And also check out Whiskey Del Bach because we talked about that on this episode. And they're fucking great. If you want a badass sipping whiskey, uh, I mean, it's mixable too. Don't get me wrong. But it's nice on its own. It's nice and rich and chocolatey. There's uh, it's just a tremendous amount of AZ in there too. And what they do is important. And I like to support things that I believe are important. Close to source, people. You know, knowing where your shit comes from. That's about it. And uh, with that, I wish everybody a nice uh, summer because I know that I'm having a nice summer. It's a little toasty, toasty, but we just got our first like decent rain uh, in Phoenix yesterday, and I missed it. I was at work, so hopefully tonight we'll get a little action. I can kind of enjoy some rainage because uh, I just love the rain. And uh, yeah, today we are coming at you at 4.53 p.m. on Tuesday, July 23, 1769 KKK PBZ. The buzz. It's my new radio station. All right. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you.